Hey everyone and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse. This is episode 208. It's a DC Comics podcast. I am Peter and joining me as always is Matt. Hey, what's up? Carter's also here. Yep. We talk about DC Comics. Uh, we got a big list of books this week, uh, which is a stark difference to next week, which we'll tell you about in a minute. Uh, and the reason why we're going to tell you about it in a minute is because we're handling it differently than we normally do. But uh, coming up on today's show... We have the Green Lantern 80th Anniversary Special. We got Batman 93, Justice League 47, The Flash 756, Aquaman, or Akuman, as I have typoed in my list. Uh, issue 60, that is. We got Suicide Squad issue 6, Justice League Dark 23, Jimmy Olsen number 11. You know, I don't think the list of books was that big, but it's because you two have got these other books that I don't read. Uh, and then Batman the Smell Killer issue 1 was this week, uh, kind of a follow-up to Jeff Lemire's Black Label book. We got Plunge issue 4, and the Lolo Woods issue 6, which is its final issue. So, uh, big week. Big week. It's, uh, I think, 11 books, and one of them is giant. <laughs> giant. I, you say that, but I actually felt a sigh of relief at the end when I realized the last 10 pages of the Green Lantern book was, like, secret file stuff that I could just not read. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh yeah. sure, I'm not disputing that. Yeah. But still, 90 pages is, a uh, it's, it's a sizable. Lot. Aye, but the last yeah. one was, like, the last story was, like, right up to the end. It was, like, the whole hundred, you know, barring the pin-ups. But they all have pin-ups, so that's... But this was like, oh, 10 pages at the end. Oh, I'm done. Oh, I thought yeah, I had more. I, I, I came back to that because I read that in chunks, and I got to the end, and I went, oh, it's not like 10... What's the last story? And then I was like, oh, wait, this, these are fun. So, <laughs> however, however, learning that technically Guy is 2814.2 kind of threw me for a little bit. And I and I get it because they're doing it in first appearance order. But yes. yeah. I always think of John as the next. Guy know. had a, a very brief stint, I believe. Yeah. 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 We, so. we, we kind of think of him as more of the, the, the third. Yeah. He, he was the third regular one. He just did a, a, a little fill-in job for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So it was just seeing his official designation on those pages as point two versus yeah. John, who I who I more think of as mm. point two. But yeah. Uh, you don't you don't want guy leading your, your core. No. You know, I love guy. But mm. no. No, no, no. Not, not a leader. So uh, that's what's coming up on today's show. But a big bunch of stuff. Uh, so next week is kind of a weird week because for some reason they've decided not to release any books. Well, with one technicality, uh, the one technicality being the digital edition of Supergirl Forty Two is actually out next week. Uh, but <laughs> you know, it's one book. Uh, so what we're actually going to do is we're going to do something that we've never actually done before: is we're going to just take the week off because there's no books. Uh, so we'll be back the following week. Uh, Phil Guns Are Blazing, Supergirl Forty Two. Me and Matt will just talk about in that episode. We'll yeah. just do it a week later. Is that the the final issue of that book? Final one, yeah. So. Yep. Uh, for some reason, when they changed everything, they didn't bother moving that. I guess because it was digital, didn't you know? Whatever reason they have for not doing right. any physical single issues next week, that yeah, it almost apply. feels like there's a shipping logistic problem now, doesn't it? Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, the transition over obviously fully to the new uh, distrib- distributors. So I wonder if uh, this is just a nice week off to make that easier on them. Yeah, well, and it helps too that I mean, it it is the last, the official last day, Actually- isn't it? Yeah, I was just gonna say I do wonder if that is part of it. When um when they announced it, they extended the the final order cutoffs by a week. Mm. So I wonder if by extending it by a week, they were like, well, I've got a week short somewhere now. So uh, maybe, yeah, 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 because that that is June thirtieth, which is the last day of the month. So I'm wondering if that has anything to play into it as well. Yeah, you know, like so... like Connor, like you know, I think you brought it up 
either in the chat or in the the thread about it, you know, not really being a fifth week because of this. And now because they come out on Tuesdays, that's going to complicate things a little bit. Yeah, going by the solicits for the later months, it looks like if the last day of the month is a Tuesday, that's actually counted as week one as the following month. So that still counts as a Wednesday, bizarrely. Yeah, so then maybe this is just a catch up. That makes sense. Of course because uh, they're still just counting that as the week where all the week one books come out with the, the Wednesday titles even though they're not on Wednesday anymore but maybe that's just the easiest transition to make is that everything just bumped forward a day and that's it don't, don't think about it too much just go with that uh, but yeah that is what it is uh, so we, we all take a week off but we'll be back the following week uh, we won't be gone long so uh, do not panic do not panic in fact there should be hopefully a previously in between the two episodes that you can enjoy at least for me and Connor so uh, I mean, I've, I've already read all the books. You so have read all the books. Uh, yeah. just on peak. <laughs> it's a really busy week, though. We got a lot of TV this week. It's uh, the worst possible week for anything else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is t- like Dark came back today. Doom Patrol. I can't wait to go and watch it. Doom Patrol is as great as ever. Yes, which you know launched with three episodes in the first day, so uh, that's been a a, a a thing getting that covered uh in a timely fashion but hey uh so yeah but like i say i got a lot of books today so we will uh, get into things uh although we'll start with the books of course we're starting with the news uh connor's got a whole bunch of things i, I don't even know what he's got but i've got one thing uh that is it's, it's kind of just a confirmation of what we kind of discovered from the last week or two is that uh, leviathan checkmate has been indefinitely postponed although dc are promising that it will be resolicited and come out at some point but for whatever reason, it's been pushed. Now, I don't know if this is maybe... Like, maybe they want to tie this into like, the ending of Death Metal or something. I, like... I think so. Uh, it'll be tying in with something, because their, uh, their official lines, it says it'll be rescheduled to align with upcoming DC Universe storylines. Yeah. So they want to tie it in with something. I, yeah, I wonder if it's just like whatever the status quo changes are after Death Metal, if they, like, they decide they wanted to have it set in that world, as opposed to... Maybe, maybe it's easier instead of having this first and then having to transition whatever is left at the end of the story this was just the easier option yeah what's interesting is i assume this will mean it'll have to be kind of redrawn from scratch because uh the first issue i'm assuming was completed or more or less because i know it was mm. it was originally scheduled for like april but then uh obviously that didn't happen however when we were coming back we got the rescheduled dates for things and the first issue was supposed to be early june so they were thinking, okay, this will be ready by then, if not done already. It depends how much is going to change and how much of what is going to change was even in that first issue. It could be a case of there's just maybe like a scene that needs to be redrawn because the only one scene is affected by whatever the changes are going to be. So but they know. didn't... I don't know, Checkmate feels like it's taking place in Bendis' own little side universe. You know? Like, it doesn't seem to be impacted by anything else. So... I wonder if they're kind of going to trans- transition this into being kind of the end game of Bendis's stuff in right. what he's doing at the That's minute. Mm. With you know, because we know he's cu- you know he's working towards the end of his Superman run. Right. Uh, and this is kind of related to that in in that it, well, I mean closer to that than than that Naomi felt a bit more removed by why they're obviously right. tied in later. Um, so I wonder if this maybe kind of okay. kind of ties into well, that end game. Are, 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 in, in this team. His Teen Titans kind of leans into the multiverse aspects too. Yeah. So, so I'm wondering if he is reshaping some of the stuff to fit in. Alternatively, I, I could I say maybe it'll tie into the end of what he's currently doing, but it could also actually be a bridge mm-hmm. to whatever he's doing next. Because I mean, it's not like we're right. expecting Benis to just be done with DC when he's done with Superman and that. Right. So, 
No, of course. Uh, when I say the end, I mean yeah. um, just of that chapter of like, stuff, not not right. all of it. What if Checkmate sets up what he's doing next? Let's uh, say he ends up, I don't know, spins it out into, I don't know, something else. Like, but it sets up, it teases whatever he's doing next, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I don't know whether you know. I mean, sure. I expect Bendis will probably end up in one big character at least after Superman, but maybe he'll do something a bit more niche, uh, oh. like Checkmate, like these these ideas. Oh, I mean, he did that over at Marvel. You know, he did Ultimate Spider-Man for for a very long time, and he's you know he did his Avengers, and then he did X-Men, and he's done, you know. So he does move from property to property. Uh, I mean, the obvious things coming up. Although, to be honest, these feel too too urgent especially when we think bendis is probably not going to be done for like a year or so, whatever it may be mm-hmm. uh but you know both justice, justice league is kind of in a holding pattern flash is going to new writer soon but they feel like they both need the new writers sooner rather than right when he's going to be done with these things I, but i'm pretty sure flash already has a writer in mind right, right, right possible. You know? yeah. so that's sneaking up on us but yeah justice league definitely feels like one that i wonder depending on what snyder's doing because I, I feel like death metal is going to be the end of his chapter there um that i wonder yeah if we, we know there's a move towards the bendis jail story right when justice league during death yeah. metal by mm-hmm. was tynan doing that i think yeah, no it's uh williamson it's yeah. williamson okay because yeah. both of them are very closely related in this event yeah. as a whole. yeah because yeah, I... well, yeah he's doing the the speed metal one shot and then he's doing the the justice league doom metal I wonder if they'll Story. do the uh, the soft launch thing after Death Metal, where a lot of these books will get new creative teams. You know, maybe not renumbered because DC at least recently mm-hmm. have said they're not going to do that. But uh, you know, a bunch of new creative teams on Justice League, on Flash, on like maybe mm-hmm. have a lot of them at once, and maybe that's where maybe that's going to be roughly when yeah. Bendis is in his end game, and we can yeah, yeah we like... might get a couple of fill in arcs here or there on yeah. Flash, for example. Well, and it feels like with Joker War, it's going more towards the Tynan era of. Of Batman, mm-hmm. so I wonder too if we'll get some some things coming out of Joker War, which will be probably about the same time as Death Metal, right? Like, uh, yeah, maybe more more or less. So, um, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if we get a whole new launch of all those, you know, with Nightwing and and Batgirl and and all that stuff. Yeah, uh, who knows? Uh, oh, I suspect one of the things Carl wants to talk about is Batgirl. Yeah, uh, but. <laughs> Then you just you said you brought a background. I just remembered something that we're probably yeah. That, that was going to be the the final thing I took okay. out of these. these so that, we'll we'll build to that, which I was supposed to go back and read, and I totally spaced until right I'll, uh, now. I'll give you the details. That's yeah. good. Okay, uh, what have you got, Connor? Well, do you like Harley Quinn? Because we've got two Harley Quinn stories. One of which Pete, you obviously already know about. I you read the book. I feel uh, like Harley's that friend that I have that I know we're friends, <laughs> but I don't want to text. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't say I don't like them, but I don't need to be around them, you know, a lot. But that's where we're at. Although her friend Poison Ivy, we're, we could be cool. I want to hang out with Poison Ivy more. Yeah. yeah. Um... So the, the, the first one is we've got a new digital first that dropped. Uh, yet, the first issue dropped yesterday. Yep. It's Harley Quinn. Uh, black and white and red. Um, it's obviously a play on the older, you know, Batman black and white stuff that we used to have. Yeah, with the addition of some red. With, <laughs> uh... Yeah. With, with with red being the the one dominant color that they're allowed to use, um, there's a bunch of creative teams. Uh, Cedric is the first issue. Um, which is, which got... is, let's be honest, the fact that it was Cedric and it was set in the Harleen universe is why I read it. That, <laughs> that not... is yeah. understandable. But we've got you know um, Connor and Palmiotti with Chad Hardin doing a story. Erica Henderson, uh, Saladin Ahmed, Joe Quinones. Uh, some of these are 
um, doing stories. Uh, you know, they're, they're artists first and foremost, and this is their first written work. Uh, Quinona's, for example, and uh, yeah. uh, Rendolfo, I believe, as well. Um, she's mm. got one in here. This is, this, is, this is interesting stuff. I have to admit, I have very little to no interest in reading any more issues of it. Not because the first one was bad, just because oh. I, I was there for one reason. And... I mean, honestly, it's it's 14 chapters. They're, they're mm-hmm. a dollar each. There, there are a lot of interesting creatives on this that I'm kind of interested in. I, I really like the, the Batman black and white format as a whole anyway. Oh. Just these yeah. kind of just individual stories. Yeah, this feels like it'd be a really cool trade later because yes. it, it was in that same style as as um what is it the dead earth that's not what it's called hope at the end of the the world hope at world's end yeah there you go that that's pirates the caribbean title. 3 yes at world's end yeah you know i watched that recently and it, it's not as bad as i remember oh you know that's the second one third one still sucks moving on um <laughs> that was some great music though and there's going yes, to be a does. new one starring harley quinn technically you know what though as i was there's been a lot of Disney news. I'll, I'll get to this after the, the, the thing, but <laughs> if they wanted to throw Margot Robbie in on, on the Pirates ride instead of Johnny Depp, I please, I'm not going to be mad at that. Uh, I like Margot Robbie. She's she's a fine actress. I just right? could, I could give a shit about Pirates of the Caribbean. But anyway, what we're talking about here with, uh, with Harley. Yeah, yeah, so, right, so that's that Harley book every week, every every Friday uh, for, the, for the next, you know, 14 weeks. Well, yeah. 13 now, I suppose. Um, but I'll probably read a bunch of them if there's teams that I'm interested in. I'll, I'll wait till Connor reads it since we we do have a time difference, you know. So if I if I see that you're you're liking that one, maybe I'll I'll pick that up. But yeah. I also I'm not picking up like I was when I was reading you know Superman and Flash mm-hmm. and Swamp Thing. So a dollar's a dollar. Like I can take a risk with a dollar. It's uh right. It's an interesting thing because there were some articles this week about. You know, maybe this digital pushing forward could be leading to bigger changes and yada yada yada. How much credence there is in that, I don't know. Honestly, until they actually start releasing in continuity regular books digitally, mm-hmm. uh, which I wouldn't count the last issue of Supergirl and Terrifics as, as uh, counting no, as that. No, 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 I mean, because those aren't the same format. On that, on this Harley Quinn thing, the, the editor of the line um, uh, did say um, that they're free to tell some of these stories will be in continuity. Uh, it's up to the creatives involved okay. if they want to do their own sure. thing. Sure, alright, okay, you're attacking the exact way I phrased it, I'll let me put it a different way. Until there's an ongoing in- like, you know, like, this is still an anthology of short stories, it's still... Yeah, sure. Um, no, I get, I get where you come from, but yeah. I... These articles, they're, they're all getting reposted because, mm-hmm. oh look, there's a new book. Um, right. But these are not new articles, these came about like uh, kind of when the, the, the Walmart's all stuff started hitting, they started right. making yeah. DC wording was very much I think the, their, their press the, statement the real, point, the real point I'm trying to make is that there's a clear hierarchy of the real books and then the digital books and that's not, until that's gone and part of that will be like in continuity regular books and all that sort of stuff um, you know, and that may happen at some point and you know at that point like you know, we take digitally a lot more seriously and cover digital books in a way that you know we do physical books but until then it's kind of this weird side. Yeah they just yeah, shit. they just feel like a supplemental material. Yeah. And for the record, I'll, I'll just bet, did anyone else read the Harley issue? Yeah. 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 It's a pretty solid little thing. Uh, it's, just, it's just basically a story about her escaping Arkham. Again. Again. Uh, but it's set after she's left the Joker. 
and the whole the whole idea is that the, the therapist doesn't know what the word red means and i think all of us sort of halfway through the story go oh she's talking about poison ivy <laughs> yeah she's it's what red means to her and throughout her career and what it meant when she was Harleen Quinzel, and then when she became, you know, Joker's main squeeze, and then finally when she left the Joker, you know, it's been this color that has significance to her, and this is its newest significance. Yeah. Tr- and, trust, yeah, about halfway through, if it didn't build yeah. to what it did, I would have been very disappointed. Trust, trust Cedric to actually take the title of this new series and go. I'm going to make that like the core theme of the first issue. It's going to be all be about the color red. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's why they chose this to be the first issue. Yeah. Mm. Also, remember when he said he was working on more? I wonder if this is what it was. If it's just this, I'm a little disappointed because it's good. I like, I enjoyed yeah. reading it. But oh, if this, if this is all it is, I'm disappointed because I want more. I want another Harleen-sized yeah. epic. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's coming anytime soon, though. Unfortunately. Nah, he's in all his yeah, creator-run so. stuff. All right. What was the other new book? Uh, we've got the first of the um, Murphyverse spin-offs, uh, with a Harley Quinn spin-off for October. Uh, it's co-written by him and his wife, Katana Collins, with uh, Matteo Scalera on art. Um, this was kind of like a weird accidental leak solicit that they did. So they put it, they accidentally put it in the July Diamond previews, which uh, which was emailed to retailers. Um, and then they had to kind of take that back <laughs> and be like, uh, actually, sorry, uh, it's going to be solicited in August's DC Connect or October that this will be on sale. Wait, are, 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 did Diamond just intentionally like balls something up? Because they don't. We're, oh, they're leaving now. So we're just going to start making yeah, sloppy mistakes. So. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it was a uh, listed as a forty-eight page, five ninety-nine uh comic. Um, it didn't actually specify if it was a one-shot or not, but at that price, I would suspect it might be. It probably is. If not, then maybe like a bi-monthly, every other month, like three issue thing or something like that. But uh, probably yeah. one shot. Um, but I mean, we'll find out when we get October solicits next yeah. month. In a, uh, in a few weeks. In a couple of weeks, sure. Yeah. Not long. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we'll have a lot of Harley in October because we'll have this and we'll have the actual new Harley book number one will probably be happening in, in October. I guess she's kind of Halloween themed slightly. I mean, as, as much as any DC character. Hey. I'm going to go out a limb here and say that there's more people dressing up as Harley Quinn for Halloween. Maybe not this year, because we'll see how quarantines yeah, are. No. But... So, <laughs> one, one year at my local con, me and my friend Talon played Harley Quinn Bingo, and within, shoot, two hours, we filled up our card. Every different form of Harley, from Suicide Squad, classic, to, you know, steampunk Harley, to, it was, you know, it was a refresh from seeing so many Deadpools the year before. Hey, people! Like, people love that Harley Quinn. She's a they do, and, and popular character. I used to begrudge them for it, but again, I've I've opened up a little bit more. Yeah, um, I. The only time I have a problem with Harley really at these days is probably because you know I, I, there's been some really good Harley stuff that I've really enjoyed. Uh, my real problem with her though sometimes is is when there's like a version of her I don't like shoved into something that I'm otherwise mm-hmm. already either reading or, or watching yeah. or whatever. But ultimately, you know, I don't want to watch the Harley Quinn animated series, but people love it. They can have it. It's for them. Oh my god, the last episode was so good. After seeing a, a thing that, that Connor shared about Charlie's Angels, I don't know if that was actually in the movie or someone just took, or the show. Oh no, just, it, it was uh, took, uh, Dr. Psycho and the, the also I yeah. hate women thing. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it fit really well. So I do want to watch it. I just... I, I will just say the... Um, the, the Harley and Ivy fans will be ve- very happy with the this show, especially at the end of the second season, where it goes. 
Uh, it's pretty pretty uh, monumental, actually, in terms of what it's you doing. Know, I was so about Doom Patrol being on HBO Max. I was hoping they'd start moving over some of the other DC property stuff, and they haven't yet. So fingers crossed. So what that means, Matt? It means watch Doom Patrol. <laughs> I can, but I also you have should. to watch what we do in the shadows. So that that comes first. I mean, it must be a gift for the little girl going. Why not both? <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, was, I was just thinking that. I, mean, I only have enough. So I, I was planning on it, and then I had a fridge emergency. My fridge broke, oh my. and that led to a whole Matt, comedy of errors. Matt needs oh. to watch Doom Patrol so we can fall in love with Cliff. Yeah, yeah so Matt's going to love Cliff. There was a whole, and then that started too, where, where the Scrubs podcast started covering the Brendan Fraser stuff, which I can't. I emotionally cannot handle that. And then that brought someone else going, hey, you love Brendan Fraser, watch. I was like, all right, is this Pete in the Shadow account? <laughs> Like, no, because I wouldn't on, try man. and use Scrubs for that. Scrubs is too trash to like it's, use for oh, any. How dare you? <laughs> Scrubs I is did garbage. borrow your phrasing because someone asked what show was this, and I said it's the hit television series Scrubs. Um, I so. hit... just defiled your phrase there. It's like I a did. hit to the colon, more like what the hell? No, no, Scrubs <laughs> is fantastic. No, Scrubs is Scrubs is trash. Zach Braff is trash. All right, you can not like Zach Braff all you want, but you know Doctor Cox and the rest of the characters. Turk and, and all of them. They're great. Nonsense. Uh, yeah. Was another story, Connor? Did you have another uh, one? Just the, uh, the Batgirl stuff. Right, okay. Um, yeah. So this is... Uh, this was a story of uh, Megrid Scott, who obviously was writing Batgirl probably about a year ago now. Mm-hmm. That she yeah. finished. Um, which uh, we, we enjoyed that run a lot. Yeah, we were mm-hmm. disappointed when she left it. I mean, we didn't know the, con- the, the circumstances oh. as to why, but... Yeah, and this is a story she shared in, in the context of everything that's going, been going on in comics over the last few weeks. We had a you know, discussion on that before um, about, you know, her as a, a woman in, in comics and uh, and how she felt. And she said, you know, this is a, a thread she did on Twitter. And she said, uh, you know, the day that she knew she'd never be able to make it big in, in comics was the day she bumped into another writer in an airport and learned that the, that he was heading to uh, the Burbank offices for a Bat Family Summit. And this was while she was writing Batgirl, and she hadn't been invited. So she'd only recently started writing it, um, and, you know, thought, well, maybe it was just, it was all planned beforehand, and I didn't, and it was too late, and they didn't know to invite me before it all happened. So she phoned the editors and was like, hey, can can I come? And, you know, I'll, you don't need to pay me or anything, I'll just come and sit in, or, you know, they're dealing with my characters. She was uh, working up the street at the time, so it wasn't like they needed to fly her out there or anything, or accommodation. And they still said no. Uh, uh, this makes me so mad. Yeah, and she said there was at least one more summit that she knew about that she wasn't invited to. Um, and she suspects more than one, given how whole storylines of hers would be thrown out to accommodate a new event uh, her characters were in without her knowledge, inclusion, or opinion. This is uh this is frustrating and in multiple ways and it's the sort of thing where like I think she did a good job of having the writing be strong. We we fell away, we we all dropped uh Cecil Castellucci's run. Yeah. But at the same time, like I also have to say, as far as Castellucci's concerned, that maybe I don't want to necessarily blame her that much for how well, like weird yeah, her was stories some, were. Some uh, I'll finish this uh, a little bit actually because there's a little bit more. Uh, and then I'll get back to Castellucci after. Um but she mentions how um, you know the the they are, they had to do lots and lots of revisions for that extra pay because of all the the stories that were changing and mm-hmm. you know to, to accommodate. So, 
it, it's seeming like this was the year of the villain stuff. So it, uh, I suspect so. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it definitely is feeling like we felt where they were just wedging stuff in there. Yeah. Right? Um, she said it got so bad that she couldn't afford to work there anymore because the pay was so low because they were paying her her issue. And obviously, when they were having her doing revisions and revisions and revisions, she was, yeah, she's essentially stuff. writing the same issue three or four times and only been paid for writing it the once. Yeah. Yeah. So she had to quit because of because they were essentially not paying her enough to keep working there because of all the revisions that they were doing, which yeah. is really really shitty. No, I mean you can't really blame her for that, and it's that this is rough, and it's just, it, 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 it's really frustrating in multiple. It's frustrating just in a treatment perspective where no Batgirl should be considered a proper part of the Bat family. Uh, and should be considered a, a big enough book that it, the writer and the creator should be included in the decisions. Uh, the fact that possibly at the time, I, th- I don't know if Batwoman was still running, but this might be the only like woman writer on the, the Bat books who's yeah. just not been invited to these summits. Uh, admittedly, Year of the Villain may be less of a Bat summit and more of a, a Lane Wade summit, <laughs> but still, the point stands. But there was multiple times of this, and yeah, you know, yeah. Like, it's not like she's the only person that this has happened to. Like we know, uh, not not in terms of the the not being invited to summits, but in terms of editorial demanding things and them just going, no, I'm good, I'm I'm leaving. Uh, ben Percy on Nightwing springs to mind, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, where yeah, within an issue of stuff, he was like, right, I'm out. Um, but uh, in terms of the the these summits being invited, sharing her opinion, that is clearly a, a problem and um, it boils down to and it's their business and whatever but it's just rude it you is. know like uh, again i'm not in the comics business i'm just a consumer but at the same time that makes me look at that and go what the hell's going on in that culture where it, you don't have the writer that's working on it it really in there part of me really wants to know who 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 makes that decision like who who's mm-hmm. deciding to not have her there and not yeah. even not even just forgetting to invite her, which is bad enough, but then actively saying, nah, even though it's it's cheap and easy, don't come in. We don't want you to come in. Like, yeah, that first time, like she says, she wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt of she'd only just started the gig. Maybe this was all already organized beforehand and they thought, oh, well, we'll just invite her to the next one. There's there's a you know a way you can plausibly explain that to yourself, I think, at that stage. I mean, is that faceless executives? Is that whoever was in charge of whatever was going on in the lane at the time? Is that... You know, another creative making that choice. I wouldn't like to think so, but I mean, yeah. it does beg the question. Someone made the choice, and I mean, she she doesn't name any names. And, and, it, it, she and even know exactly who made those choices. And even if it is some, you know, executive at DC or Warner Bros. Or whatever making that choice, like do, are the other creators in the room. I mean, surely there's there's some sense of like camaraderie of like, wait, why why isn't like the writers of these two other or two or three other books that are part of this line? Why are they not here to also? get the, the lowdown and what's going on so they can actually plan their stories properly. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you know, why, why isn't in that meeting, why isn't at the time, you know, a Bat family meeting, it had been Tom King and Tynan, perhaps. I don't know if maybe Detective with him was done by then. I don't know. Timelines are weird. Finished, but, yeah. you know, it just... why isn't King, who's someone who, from the sense I get in social media, seems to be a really decent guy, why isn't yeah. he turning around saying, and, he... and maybe he did. And this is the thing we don't know for sure. Maybe he did, and maybe someone else shot him down. Yeah, but, that's, um, that's why... part of what kind of brought this whole thread up though is obviously i don't know if you saw there was the the pledge that a lot of uh comments creators men specifically were Mm -hmm. kind of posting this past week of you know i pledge to you know support women and whatever and and this was basically uh, a statement of yeah a lot of people are posting this but it doesn't matter if they post it or not it's more about what they actually do yeah actions not words yeah yeah and that that's the thing and i don't i don't know i just i feel like the 
that family of books has kind of been a mess for a little bit. And not that they're bad, it just it seems like look what happened with Nightwing, right? And then with Batgirl, it's just it's just been chaos over there. And now Tynan finally has, you know, what looks like something that where it makes sense that there's tie-ins coming from it versus but now you're looking was... at them kind of going mm, well I mean, how feel, much of this it feels like there's yeah. a, it feels like there's a direction at the very least but yeah. i mean because the question here isn't the quality of the books i mean that's irrelevant no. to what we're talking about here no. uh we're talking but, about the inclusion of the creatives in the decision making process right. and how bad it looks that particularly the one woman on the team it was just yeah. repeatedly not invited to those those events so Right, especially because King's book, which was meant to, you know, it kind of was by itself for a little bit. Like after a certain point, really... like the stuff felt unified for the first like you know year or two of rebirth, mm-hmm. and then it's kind of veered into just being its own weird thing. And when they did try and make a bunch of tie-ins to say the wedding stuff, which oh right. to be fair, that was one shots rather than infecting the other actual right. books. But right, yeah, but that's what I mean. Just the edit. It seems like the editorial decision. It just it was chaos where everyone was kind of doing their own thing and. You know, maybe inviting all the writers together that are working on the book would have helped along the way, but it just seemed like they were going to do Scott dirty no matter what, you know, and no one wanted to be accountable for that. Like, it seems to me like they had someone lined up because I just pulled up Scott's uh, thing. She was on the book for like almost a year. Right? She's 25 to 36. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, some of those like 25 was was a story. She had in there even then... if we just look at this from the perspective of a reader who let's say we don't know anything that's going on behind the scenes and we're just looking at the mm-hmm. the quality of the stories um well we're still looking behind the scenes but we're, we're, you know let's let's just look at the the idea of what dc think of that book right it mm-hmm. makes it seem like dc don't care about that book it makes it feel like dc have a batgirl book because they're expected to have one and it sells well enough to exist but right. they don't care about it enough to actually try and make it feel included yeah. or make it feel important. It's just there to serve, uh, you know, so, so they don't get angry and complaints it's, that it doesn't exist. Yeah, it's just, it's the girl bat book, and that's not yeah. the identity it should have. Because this happens to Supergirl sometimes, too. I mean, look oh, what's happening yeah. right now. With it going, you know, it's last issue's digital, so, like, they forgot about it. Joe, Joe, Sup- what, what gets yeah. me, Matt, is that so often with these, not even just, like, you know, Batgirl, Supergirl, but there's so many books where... For some reason, comic book companies or publishers only seem to like mm-hmm. be able to focus on so many books at once. Like, almost yep. every book is in and out of cycles of like just not being, just being ignored, right. and like, it's just it just exists in a holding pattern until they want to actually mm-hmm. treat it proper, like treat it like it's important again for some time. Right. Um, and you know, even even like Justice League kind of has been yeah. through that multiple times since we started Rebirth, and it's, I'm not saying right. it has to always feel like the most important thing, but. So there's so many books that at times feel like an afterthought. They're just there because the book needs yeah. to be there. I mean, Justice League in particular, when I first started getting into comics and I was going weekly, then it kind of was just the catch-all book where these are just like, hey, you want to read a book with all your... Kind of like what Venditti just finished writing. These are kind of inconsequential, but they feel big, so you got to include everybody. And then there was a time when when Robinson was writing it and it wasn't any of the typical heroes like, yeah, yeah, Dick Grayson and Donna Troy and I'm trying to think, Starman. Like, it was just a random assortment of characters being called a Justice League book. And it was I, almost like they didn't care. I, so. I would say there is a an explanation for this, in, in my mind at least. It, yeah. This is editors, not enough editors, essentially, in that uh, when, when you've got a group editor for, like, the Bat books, right, for example, 
they can only they only have so much time uh, 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 you know to prioritize okay the, these books are what i'm focusing on most right now right and that's why you get cycles they'll kind of okay now we'll now we'll focus on the, this other book and yeah. uh, that could explain some maybe it's just uh, you know they're overworked perhaps let me add maybe. on on add on to a layer of this then that it's actually not even such a big deal that a book is ignored for a while because that would actually be fine see if they like they set up a team a writer and an artist and they're let to just do their thing and build a run whatever run they want to build that would actually be okay because you just mm-hmm. you know it, it'll survive on its own and they'll build a story up you know whether the you know, most examples of this in recent years you know if it's something as simple as just letting you know uh like hawkman with vendetta just let vendetta do his thing on hawkman and we can just sort right. of let that be on its own thing over there right the problem is is that some of these books that are left and ignored aren't allowed to just essentially build their own cred by being good stories and building a long run they right. are constantly interfered with or they're 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 they're, they're shot you know, they take the artist away because they want the artist for the event so they'll, they'll give them a fill-in instead or they'll say you have to tie into a thing so now it's like three issues of tying in like, you're the villain or whatever it may be it's constant so it's not just that they leave it alone it's that they leave it alone until they want to like bastardize it or like take from it to, to help the other thing they're doing and right that that leads to, to books like Batgirl kind of floundering. It leads to books, you know, like these other things that yeah. we. That, well, I mean, how long has it been since we read Nightwing? Well, since <laughs> fifty, Batman, whatever right? that was. Oh, I don't know, yeah. it was fifty so, of Nightwing as well. I can't remember. And then we always keep looking like, how is this still going on? You know, like yeah, it's just there, uh, and right, I, I, and it's just. I, and I feel sorry. I feel sorry for you know maybe not Lobdell, but Jorgens has been on it for a while. Like right. I don't imagine what you do with that 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 concept as a writer, where you. Well, yeah. yeah, and I and I think that it's just they have writers that that are real adept at that. Like Jorgens seems to be able to just Jorgens and Abner. Yeah, yeah, they can just take with whatever they're they're given, and all right, I'll I'll make hay with this. They are like uh, masters of the work for higher stuff. Really yeah, yeah. but then but I want to bring up Venditti and, and the tie-ins and stuff and you look at the Hawkman tie-in to you're the villain and it's you know he worked it right into the story you know so like there there are certain writers that I feel can overcome but that's not going to be everybody and they can't just expect everybody and yeah, to, and, to go on that you know and, and overcoming occasionally does not mean it can be done too frequently like you know right. even if one writer can do it so there's one crossover coming up or there's one event that they have to tie into and like you know what right. i've got a good idea i'll make this work yeah. once you do that every year all of a sudden like even the writers who are good yeah. at it will start just like oh i can throw my hands up i guess cool. i'll tie we, this in somehow we're all basically enjoying the kelly sue's aquaman right oh yeah yeah that year the villain with the mecha manta kind of messy when we got to it, and we mm-hmm. didn't end that on Kelly Sue. This was clearly a crossover with the year of the villain. Yeah, and the further you know? we get away from that, the more natural a book feels and feels like, again. It feels like it's just doing right. something again. And, and we'll, in- we'll get to that when we talk about it. But, and that's the thing. This is where I want to go back to uh, Castellucci's bad girl here, actually. Yeah. Is um, it's not just events and, you know, oh, you've got to tie into this thing that is the problem because right. uh, there's a, a lot of reports because um, this is based off of how it was originally solicited and then what we actually mm-hmm. got and stuff mm-hmm. moving around is the story that killed that book for us was that two part, whatever it was, dragon world. Right. That was not her plan at all. Uh, apparently that was, that was forced on her by editorial. Right. Um, last, uh, last minute. Um, and it's like, well, there's, there's seemingly no real tie in. There's no, there's yeah. no connection to anything. Right. Um, uh, so it's like, well, 
if if that if it's something as as mundane as that comes from editorial, then how do you tell what's a, a writer's idea that's just not executed well and what's, yeah. you know, uh, editorial I, going, well, you've got to do this. It, and when Kasuji first took over, she took what, what um, Scott was doing with the Terrible Trio, and it kind of... And it worked for an arc, still. Yeah. Cost, yeah, right? And it, it went, and that's, I think, skill to the writer. And then you see when you're trying to jump through hoops for editorial, and this is where, like, our friend Mario would always beat up on DC back in the day because it feels too editorial focus like all oh, this is coming from editorial i don't trust the writers but you know we would disagree it's hard to disagree on some of these right now i mean just again not to harp on nightwing but that all seemed to come from editorial uh, yeah and i wonder... it was almost like someone in charge had a grudge against dick grayson and wanted him rubbed out uh, i know yeah you know? i mean there were some comments from Diddy in an interview this week, but that's but let's go into that. Uh, yeah. but, but it's a, I do wonder like what was like Castellucci like if she ever learned that people dropped the book because of that that two issue art, yeah. And then how does she feel about that? Like, well, that that story I didn't want to do that was forced upon me made right. people quit the book. <laughs> like, what? but the problem is DC editorial won't see it like that. They'll see well the numbers are going down. Time for right. a new writer. Well- and again, sometimes I feel like they're trying to do that. If they're trying to, you know, look at what happened with Supergirl. They seemingly don't have a plan in place for a book for her coming out of this. Jonas, it's almost as if they're they're I'm, trying to cull their titles. I'm going to upset Connor here by going with a wrestling analogy, but this, this one I think does work quite a bit. Is that this this really makes me think of like these little books that can be something can become something great, or or wrestlers who are trying to get over on their own, even though like the the promoters won't actually give them anything you know i'm, I'm right. thinking like you're like a zach Ryder or something like that who gets over on his exactly own but then it's just snuffed out by the top ponchos because they want to take oh, everything for themselves and then you're punished for getting over on your own yeah right? it's not so, it's not a perfect you know, one-to-one but it like no like some of these smaller books could totally build an audience and thrive potentially if, if they're given the chance to grow and yeah but they don't i, I mean it partially shows like my hipster showing when there's a book that I like that no one else seems to be reading, right? Like, I feel that with Hawkman. I know me and Connor are enjoying it, but, like, when I go online and I'm, I'm talking about it, people go, oh, that sounds so good, I should read that. It seems like, like a book that people yeah. who are in the know, like, like retailers, who obviously, right. re- you know, who get, like, previews, read a lot of stuff, right. seem to love this book. Right. And, but I you kinda know, recommend like... it to people, but people just aren't picking up on it. Yeah, no, I kind of like, though, that it's my favorite band that hasn't gone big yet. You know That's what I mean? Like, it is, and I hate that. I really do. But at the same time, you know, I don't want it to become that Batman book that is forcing crossovers all the time. Like, if we got to the point where we get to every book's going to have a Hawkman story, and we're going to see, you know, Superman's perspective. Like, we're going to go to the the Kryptonian Hawkman and how he was Kara's teacher or whatever. I, I don't want I, that. I want that story in Venditti's book. In Venditti's not in Superman, not in Supergirl, you yeah. know, like I would, and that's why I would feel like the band made it big. And now, you know, it's not recognizable for what I liked it as. So it's just, it's just, where it's just, it's a balance, you know? And again, I don't work in the industry. I don't know anything, what it's like. And, but at the same time, I can look at this and be, well, that was kind of a dick move that yeah, they did. You know? I, I, I think the problem here as well is that it's, what we're specifically talking about now, because we've kind of veered away from uh, obviously the treatment of women in, in the comics industry, right. which is obviously where this started, because th- that was a, the big facet of what was going on with with Scott. But right. is there a kind of a lot of the stuff we're talking about here, where 
books are getting infected, the smaller books, stuff has been taken away from, they've been forced out of crossovers, whatever it may be. The problem is, is that none of these things happening once is that big a deal. The problem is, is the frequency and how much it's like a go-to thing. Right. Like, you know, once in a while is not a big deal for any of the things we just gave examples of in terms of the books doing these things. It's not a big deal if, you know, every couple of years, Batgirl has to tie in to an overall Bat event, right? That's not a huge problem, especially if it's planned in advance and the writer knows that they're going to have to do this for an issue. They can kind of warp around it. But when there's going to be another one five months later, which is five issues later, they have to build an arc that fits in between those two crossover issues. And And on on Batgirl, I think, is is an easy example because we've not long done the the Hero of the Villain stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. That it tied into pretty heavily uh, in the end. Yeah. And then now we've got uh, Joker War coming up where it's got a five or six issue arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it maybe had what, like seven issues in between? And then of those seven issues, two of them, there was a forced two parter about right. <laughs> this, you know, this well, dragon world. Yeah, and yeah. that's, and there were parts there that we were fine with, like the whole romance with Jason, right? It felt weird, but that just, that story just rushed it. You know, mm-hmm. where it just it just threw it at us instead of yeah, where we, you kind of could see Castellucci building it slowly. That you know, if it was built so, at a proper pace, we might not have hated the the, the romance right. itself. It might have actually right. you know grew on us because it was teased at us and sort of like given it mm-hmm. to us naturally over a, enough time. But mm-hmm. yeah, we could uh, probably sit and uh, debate the the merits of yeah, uh, well, that's, editorials and or whatnot. But and that's the whole thing. We they do need to treat women better when it comes to that type of stuff. You know, and we can vote with our dollar. Uh, you know, that's how we can impact things, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's, yeah. I don't have any other answers for that. Uh, I mean, as I... people who aren't involved in the industry, yeah. there's only so much we can do, um, mm-hmm. other than, like you say, not supporting the you know, people who are, you know, terrible, shitty people. Yeah, and that that list it it it, it makes me sad as a consumer because now there's stuff that. Okay, well, you're gonna be an a hole on Twitter. Now I don't have to support your work anymore, you know. So, um, and which makes it easier to vote with your dollar for for the good stuff and for the other creators that are trying to make positive changes. Yeah, you know. Uh, unfortunately, there's not a whole lot I think you can do to show your support or lack of support for just blanket level decisions made at the top that are no nope. doing things like not inviting certain writers to summits. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of just quitting everything entirely unfortunately i don't necessarily think that actually helps either because it just no. t- sends the wrong message and yeah and this is and this is where it's cool when someone like lemire goes and does a creator owned right mm. or or you know they go to image and do their image book where they have more control over what goes on or more and so that or more specifically so... lemire threatens to never work at dark horse again if they don't get rid of the person who was accused of really yeah. horrible things this week so uh, and, and so exactly. you know, if they ever bring him back for anything he's he's gone right. so it's not yeah. like a, oh well we can get rid of him for a bit yeah, right so... exactly so but yeah so that that said like if if Margaret scott puts out a creator own book and it's something that sounds like i'd enjoy i'm more key to you know i did enjoy that around on Batgirl in yeah. the green arrow two-parter so i'm more key so you know that's where that helps where and back I, when I, I was younger and i was only dc you know what i mean like i was more tied into the company now it's more I think creator yeah, focus. I mean, we're not telling people to go buy from this person, even if you don't like their mm-hmm. stories, because right. obviously there's there's a point where you you've got to enjoy reading it still. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, 
I think we can't really end this without acknowledging that DC have got a troubled past with some of this, uh, you know, ha- having mm-hmm. kind of questionable people on staff. Uh, yeah. There was a lot of covering up. Uh, did you see the story from, uh, oh God, I'm forgetting the names, the, the writers who did uh, Birds of Prey for the start of Rebirth? Benson's. No, Benson's, no, I did not. The Benson's, yes. Um, basically, for the last few issues of their run, they were like, oh yeah, by the way, so we're handing you over to a new lead editor for the last couple of issues. They had no say in this. Um, I think, to be fair, that's how a lot of DC, you know, yeah. work for hire in general is done, is you're assigned your editor based on the book and the department. Right. Um, but they'd gone from a female editor, and then they were handed to Eddie Berganza. Uh, which, is, which is who I was about to bring up. Yeah, because DC... Yeah have a history of sort of kind of protecting him, despite the fact that he was accused of... Well, that's what their their story was, is basically they were right. like, we don't feel comfortable meeting him and, and working with him. And they, they told the, the, whoever they were dealing with, and they went, well, we'll get back to you. Let's see what we can do. And their solution was, um, right, so you can do everything just through me. I'll You, you pass it to me, I'll tell you the editor, you never have to see him, you never have to talk to him. And it's like, well, and they were like, well, that's <laughs> that, not good enough. Yeah, and, that doesn't and function. Were, and then it turned out like they were like, right, just uh, they, they spoke to someone else higher up, and they were like, just hang fire for a day or two. And uh, it was the the very next day where they uh, they let him go. Um, but that oh, was that's again good. That's speak, happening. Yeah, speak, speaking up for yourself, it has a positive, and that's not always positive, and it sucks that it has to be a risk, you know. But I'm glad that it worked out for the yeah, Bensons. With Baganza, where he wasn't allowed to um, have his office door shut when he was meeting okay, with Chris. This is a problem enough that he have to. He can't be trusted with his office door shut. Maybe, maybe he just can't be trusted. Look, violence doesn't solve everything, but I'm just saying, if you if you slam his fingers in a door, maybe maybe he won't want to work there. I'm just saying, like, stop protecting. Crates. Oh man, that makes me mad. <laughs> I didn't know that till just right now that there was a policy for him that he wasn't allowed to like. I didn't know yeah. about the door thing. I knew there was a reshuffling so that he was away yeah, from I... uh, female staff uh, yeah, at one point. They, they played a shell game with him. Yeah, where they did that. The, the door thing. Gail Simone mentioned it this past week. <sighs> Interesting. Uh, so yeah, and as you know, it's like who who was you know responsible for keeping him around, like. Was, was that partially video? Yeah, Bob Harris. Bob Harris is, yeah, probably the one. And he, he needs to go, too. He's yeah. one I, I Alan, who, uh, you know, we used to do shows with Alan back in the day, and now he runs a comic shop in his hometown and whatnot. I remember him having stories, like, you know, this is like almost 10 years ago now, about Bob Harris and why is he in that position at DC, you know? Um, uh, by all accounts, he's the one who was, uh, you know, Really good friends Definitely. with Baganza, and uh, is is what ensured he stayed around for as long as he did. Staying oh, friends with someone yeah. like that uh, after no. those types it of makes things, you just as cool. yeah, yeah, yes. Um, yeah, it it shows mean, what type of person you are, is what I was going to say. Company right. uh, keep, company keep. Oh man, that makes me mad. Now I'm heated. <laughs> right. Well, in that case, we'll uh, wrap up this part then. <laughs> so I'm not heated for talking about shows or talk, shows issues is what i meant to say green lantern 80th anniversary issue one i guess or special issue one whatever the actual title super spectacular i believe is the, it's the 80th anniversary yes yeah it's old green lantern's an old concept 
Uh, although yeah, it has changed yeah. a lot over the years, uh, as it, it has obvious. Uh, and, and that's I, I do love the Silver Age that both Flash and Green Lantern had this, you know, more sci-fi change. That you know, Flash became a police scientist powered by you know an energy force, and then Green Lantern became a space cop. Um, so that was that's cool. I, I do enjoy that. Uh, but yeah, yeah, this one we 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 get a little bit of everything in this one from all different versions i'm trying to think if a version of green lantern was left out and i don't think there was not in not in terms of human ones uh no not of humans right no there's at least uh, pinups of some of the smaller ones uh yeah from from more recent times uh although that mm -hmm. said some of the ones who got pinups have books right now which is not true for most of the actual you know regular lanterns right. all in I hell think yeah the only ones who didn't get a story is the the one in young justice right at far sector yeah. Oh, and Farsight, but okay. Sure. And the one from the uh, the graphic novel that came out recently, because they get a pin-up as well, so that's why I remember them. Yeah, which is cool they included them, but I would I would definitely say with they are kind of newer, so, like, I'm okay with, with them getting the pin-ups right here, and then if we do another one of these down the line. Oh, sure. They're not, they're not oh, at the yeah. stage yet of celebration in terms of... Uh, no, I wasn't, I wasn't completely... If anything, the reason why I even thought about it is because they had pin-ups. So I was like, oh, yeah, you've given them pin-ups. Uh, even Teen Lantern got a pin-up. Yeah. I was like, okay, all right, that's interesting. Uh, um, it, so that's it just... did make me miss reading this on a monthly basis. So, you know... They did if, just if drop a, just a digital first one that, that maybe will yeah. fill the void a little bit. That's not the yeah. same... It's not. I know. Because cause reading reading the the Jess and then Simon stories back to back, I was kind of like, I missed the Green Lanterns yeah, book. Yeah, so I, as, as do I. But anyway, this is 100 pages, uh, 10 stories, uh, obviously different mix of Lanterns throughout different careers. We'll tell you the careers oh, yeah. as we're going. Uh, the first story, of course, is the James Tay and the fourth. Gary Frank on the art, and this is the Alan Scott story. Which, by the way... Big guns to start with. They just... Yeah. Like between this and Watchmen, like where's my GSA drawn by Gary Frank? But can we just can we please yeah, can I please have right. it? <laughs> can I please have it? Um, Coming next year. Well, here's yeah. the thing: is it this even kind of like because the train stuff was in Watchmen? This actually feels like a really natural follow-on from you know what we know of his origin from the Watchmen book or from Doomsday Clock. Sorry, Doomsday. <laughs> yeah, Doomsday Clock. So what this felt like was both a prologue to the JSA stuff that's coming, and and a a um. What's the one at the end? Epilogue? An epilogue. Epilogue. It feels like an epilogue to Doomsday Clock at the same time. You know? So it, it does... It is that bridge that's there. And, man, this book looked great. Yeah. Oh, it's, right? it's, it looks great. Yeah, the art is fantastic. It's, it's him going to the to the mother uh, of uh, this this kid who died on the train. You know, the one that the one that crashed where he got, he got the lantern. Uh, and we, we see sort of glimpses of his, of his origin. Uh, and then eventually reveals at the end, of course, that, you know, who, I mean, she realizes who he is when he pulls out the, the ring uh, and talks about the light and how her son, you know, he, he, she hopes he didn't die feeling like he always did, which is that he was the light in a darkness, you know, a, a darkness that he felt alone in. Um, and this idea that he's going to keep on, and there's a lot of flame imagery in here as well, and not, not even just green. There's a great moment of uh, fire. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the very first panel is, is, a, is a fireplace. Yeah. Yeah. So they keep that... that that theme going throughout the, the story yeah because there's definitely subtext right about the the guy's sexuality mm -hmm. yeah that's at least how i, read I, it. I okay. assumed alan's partner yeah that's i was i was thinking 
to. They, it felt like they had a had a relationship of. I, I don't know how serious, but it felt like they had right. some sort of relationship. Is what I was getting from this. Yeah, and um, the, the mother knew about uh, her son. Right. Well, yeah, because that's the heart of the story is that she says, "I hope he didn't die alone," but we know he didn't because Alan was there. Uh, right. And it was someone that cared about him. So, it, and it's it's interesting uh, bringing in the the his sexuality like this and like a more traditional version of Alan Scott because because that's was something that was introduced with the Earth Two stuff, right? And it, if it was. Two. Yeah. So it it's it, in... I think it's very interesting, sort of like so we're doing classic Alan Scott JSA in that time period, but we're still going to keep that element to his character. I think that's quite quite interesting. Yeah, and it's it's different to doing a, a gay character in a modern book because this is still set in the. 40s anyway. yeah yeah so it's, a, it's it's very different well, and and the way and it that, plays it is different and that's also how it felt as a epilogue to doomsday clock because there's that reveal about the actor and all of that too mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. throughout so there's not like a nice nice tag to that story about him being you know coming up and being himself you know and he can feel and it's not just him being the green lantern right it's his he has that light to show others so i do like that it just makes me wonder if they're if we're ever gonna tackle, you know, Jade and Obsidian, just from they're not big losses, and there's ways to do it, but I wonder where that standing is now. I could see some you know multiversal shenanigans. I could see yeah. them doing something with them at some point. The question is though, is so we're, they're adopted. The question is though, if, are we ever going to actually get a goddamn GSA book, and if so, who's actually going to be on it? Because I. <sighs> I'm I'm confident we will with them showing up in the second issue of Metal, with them showing up in Hawkman right. in the next few months. I, I am confident oh. that we will get one spinning out of Metal. And we had the the Wonder Woman introduction to JSA and the Wonder Woman special, mm-hmm. so it feels like they're building them through these anniversary things. Yeah, but that, if- that Wonder Woman one was specifically supposed to tie into Generations. No, I know that, but they could always just go back and retcon that. To, to whatever they do with the JSA, whatever comes out of metal, like Connor's saying. But it, it does feel like there's a there was an attempt to to start seeding the JSA. And not just the you'll always back it up like, well, these are also historic interpretations. Um, you know, this is that version of the JSA for the book. So I don't know. Was there was there a J story in The Flash? Yeah, I think so. so. Long ago. And in 750? Okay. Yeah. I'm sure there was. Yeah. It was so long. It was like the start yeah. of the year. Yeah. So, but no, I, I really enjoyed this. The, the Gary Frank art, I mean, he draws mundanity, like them standing on the porch. It It's so much more impactful when he does it for whatever so, reason. I, I understand that we will never see a monthly book from Gary Frank right. again because of this level of work that he's churning out these days. Oh, yeah. It made me it made me miss looking forward to new issues of Doomsday Clock. Though, I'll say that much. Uh, yeah. But even the title "Dark Things" cannot stand the light. This idea of like you know this this guy's happiness that he has to hide. You know, like um, that ultimately that is the light. The you know the light that will that will eventually shine. And yeah, you know, so there's a lot of good thematic things here they can they can do with uh, this this sort of remix version of Alan mixing the old and the new. And uh, I actually think it's a really smart uh, place to take the characters. So uh, it was a uh, it was a nice. Uh, Nice story. It was a good strong start. It felt like it. It felt like yeah. it, it was important yeah. because it feels like it's over. Oh, this is probably going to be like the Alan Scott we're going to have in a book yeah. of some kind later. It, it defined Alan Scott going forward. Yeah, yeah, and I, I really like just starting with Alan Scott as well in this mm-hmm. book. It would have been well, easy to start with. Speaking, 
Oh, sure, but it would have been easy yeah. to start with whoever they decided was the most popular. Probably Hal, because right, yeah, DC loves Hal. Um, yeah. But, so yeah, I like this. Yeah, no, it was really good. Uh, next is the John story. Uh, Jeff Johns mm -hmm. uh, with Ivan Reese. Uh, it's called Last Will, and it's a story about Hal landing on a unknown planet. I'll get to it in a minute. Yeah. Uh, where he thinks he's dying. It seems yeah. Like. He thinks he's dying. He thinks he's only got so much power left. The ring's telling him that he's you know almost no energy. And he's like, can you contact anyone? after trying to like, locate where he is, and it's like I can send three messages, and then then it's done. The, the ring's going to be dead. So he, he records three messages. So he, he sends a message first of all. Uh, to the lanterns to the core um and then the second message is to batman basically apologizing for being a dick <laughs> thanking batman for teaching him humility and he was always secretly a little bit jealous that batman didn't need a ring and how like that yeah i felt like he needed a shortcut and uh, i knew matt would hate that page as i was reading yeah yeah but there's gonna there's a page in a story later on that he's gonna love because of one sentence that's in it and i, I you know I'll just say that I was just I was happy at the end of that story that it ended the way I thought it was going to, and I was pleased. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> more of that one later, but uh, yes. So no, that's what it says. And of course, the final message is to Carol, and we have to. I, I love that the message as he's saying he's I love you is to Carol. That, you know, his mask is fading away because the the, the energy is going from the ring. Right. And then he he has a moment where he thinks he can't breathe, and he's like, "Wait a minute, I can breathe." And then he sort of walks for a couple of feet. And realizes he's actually in the desert next to, or in Las Vegas, and he sees the, the city and goes, I'm never going to hear the end of this. So it's, it's kind of a joke twist ending. Yeah. Uh, it's actually the ending to an episode of Twilight Zone that I did not so yeah. long ago, the classic Twilight Zone. Uh, no, it is. It's, um, what's, what's that episode? I shot an arrow uh, into the air. Shot in the air, yep. Um, but yeah, when, when he tries to pull the messages back, uh, yeah, that's how, oh, man, this is, this is John's how. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it definitely. So is. it felt right, and just, and then it ends with the Justice League kind of pointing and laughing at him. Um, yeah, the Batman thing went a little bit too far. I think I, I don't in any predicament see him apologizing to Batman as one of his last things. When he, you, when you got, uh, you know, Ollie and Barry, you know. Yeah, um, you'd think he'd say something to one of his actual friends rather than yeah, that dude yeah, he likes to I, I, so. I, I get the logic behind it. The idea is that with those guys, he doesn't have this unfinished thing that he has to bury. You know, he, whereas with the Batman, he has this beef that he wants to make sure it's done. Yeah. I get it. Sure. I get it. But it, was, uh, it was fun. Like, I'm not, not mad at it. It was fun. Yeah, but was... I got to that and I, big eye roll energy it was a fun story I, I i i was into the john's one uh and obviously it's a throwback to you know an era of green lantern probably the most important era of green lantern um, uh, i think most would agree yeah. as yeah. it's definitely the the most influential period of green lantern since the creation of hal jordan and it's also the best yeah. selling that, that the book yeah had ever been oh yeah so yeah that's that what it is uh that is on to the next story, which is a Sinestro story by Cullen, Cullen Bunn, which, oh, let's be honest, we see Cullen Bunn's name and we're like, uh. <laughs> Yeah, but it's also Sinestro. He did the Sinestro series for a while. Yes, yes that's true. Um, and, and, you know, Sinestro was a Green Lantern. Uh, so, sure, throw him yeah, in there. And yeah, to be fair, and you got Mankey, classic Green Lantern artist. Uh, yeah, and Doug mm -hmm. Mankey's another classic Green Lantern artist that you, that you expect to see in this. Uh, so, this is basically Sinestro trying to convince a Green Lantern who will otherwise die uh to to embrace fear and the lantern doesn't and ultimately Sinestro just kind of was like well the ring is already picking your your successor 
Uh, as to this, it's, it's sort of like it goes over some of his history about how he discovered mm-hmm. fear and how he embraced the power of fear. Uh, and that, that's basically it. It's, yeah. it's, it's basically like this is. I, I mean, it's not surprising because it's the Cullen Bunn story, but definitely out of the three so far, this is my least favorite, just because it felt like okay, the point yeah. it's making about Celestial being this this kind of like unforgiving. It's not terrible. It's just really standard Sinestro 101. Yeah. Like well, it's the pages. Sinestro I miss. Yeah. Well, it's the Sinestro that I miss to where he's kind of like, his attitude is like, well, having too much will got me into trouble, so I had to embrace fear. Mm. Right? And and then he gets there, and then he's like, well, will you embrace fear? And the Lantern, full-heartedly, he's like, well, no. Come on, man. And then, yeah, he, he takes care of it. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just That's one it's had... the cold calculating Sinestro. Yeah, because obviously the first story was maybe this sort of like prologue to this you know potential future um mm-hmm. and a nice touch we didn't mention actually is that you know tynan wrote i'd even be down for tynan writing gsa if it wasn't for the fact that batman's yeah. double shipping and he's probably too busy with that but yeah because we know it, he handles teams well yeah so but it is worth mentioning that you know tynan i believe is bisexual so it's actually a nice touch yeah. that they had a writer like that uh write that story mm-hmm. um right. but yeah this, this story I mean, it has nothing to say whereas the johns one is that this kind of like you know it's a, it's a, it's a homage to this this great period that's just kind of. This doesn't feel like it's a homage to anything. I mean, I don't know if anyone out there's like a huge fan of Cullen Bunn's Sinestro stuff, and it's like this was the. I'm sure I know a couple people. I, I know I read it, but yeah, you know, it's it. kind of just there. Yeah, uh, I don't seems, remember a lot about it. Seems no no shade to Cullen Bunn, but it seems to be a lot of his stuff. Yes, it was there, and I read it, but it's I don't rare, remember. It's, it's rarely bad. It's usually perfectly readable, uh, yeah. but usually not exciting. I do remember his Aquaman run, and I was really hoping for Cthulhu, and then it just <laughs> went away. So I remember that. I was, I think, right before Jeff Parker. Okay, yeah, okay. that's about right. Uh, next story is a little bit bittersweet because uh, I believe it. They confirm this is the final story that Danny O'Neill has ever written for DC. And what a story to go out on! Yeah, it is the uh, Green Lantern, Green Arrow uh, team up story because, of course, that was a big uh, the hard traveling hero stuff yeah. was a big part of. Mike Grell back on art for it. Yeah, big yep. part of Green Lantern history. Uh, and it's Clock King. Uh, Oliver's taking him on. The, the, the Clock King jumps with this kid, and it, though the kid might you know, actually die or be in danger, obviously uh, Hal shows up and saves the kid. Mm-hmm. And it's basically this story about Hal saying that he's he's been away for two months and two days uh, to gather himself. And ultimately, the story ends with with Ollie taking the advice and going to do the same in the Fortress of Solitude uh, to calm down yeah. because they're getting a little too violent. They're getting a little bit too aggressive and angry. And, uh, a bit too emotional yeah, with the, so he, the work. He went up to to read Walden by Henry David Thoreau to kind of have some peace and quiet and to recenter himself. And um, there, there's a line that that Denny O'Neill. I don't know how long ago he wrote this, but with everything that's been going on in it feels like you could have written it like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just for for him to say it's not that I've gone soft or wimpy. I realize that not every problem can be solved with violence. Right, and I was like, "That's a lot coming from a space cop." Yeah, you know, um, like the, the only critique I have of this story is that the page when Hal's like, sort of explaining all this stuff to to Ollie. Mm-hmm. One of the things in the art is him like in a waterfall with like sparkly bits around him as he's like letting the water. Pour. I thought a bit far, grill. <laughs> it just it feels a bit too schmaltzy. Hey, hey man, silly. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, but you know, me. I don't hate it. Yeah, he's relaxing. <laughs> I'm telling you, if I had access to a waterfall right now, I'd go do the same. I think it was more the, the little, like, the, 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 the lights around them. I think you know, it's the... just more Willy's on this alien planet, isn't it? Yeah. It's just, yeah. you know, what it's like there. Not much, not much. Yeah. But anyway, that, so, yeah, he's all at the fortress uh, to, 
to mm-hmm. center himself and yes uh, and it ends with a quote saying things do not change we change uh, which is from the book so yeah. uh yeah uh solid uh obviously grell's an artist of a different time but he's a very solid artist from that time yeah uh and he still has up. aged really well mm-hmm. yeah the, the last time me and pete saw him was in uh, young justice where he was drawing the warlord that's right yes yeah. for for connor when he was on skataris so um it's good that he's still putting in work you know and it looks as good as ever as well it's like you know you you see some artists when they get to an older age they're just like they they phone it in whatever they don't really need this anymore it's just because they've asked been asked to do it for a a celebration issue or whatever (laughs) don't necessarily need the paycheck and it's just like yeah here you go but this looks uh, as good as grill stuff ever did yeah uh so that's that story next one's called legacy this is run mars writing with daryl banks on art this is the kyle rayner story which is him Hey, watch what your noises you're making, because I will make up for it when we get to the guy. No, no, I'm not mad at the story. I do like the story. It, again, I like meta stories and stuff like mm-hmm. this. So for for with the guy that he's talking to, as he's pulling the stuff out of storage, uh, and he basically recounts the time Kyle was the only lantern, and how hard must have that been for you, and, and all this. It's Ron Mars definitely going like, yeah. Hey, don't don't forget me. I I, I wrote the character before John's. For a very long time, don't forget yeah. that. So I it's a period I've not read much of. Uh, I'm, yeah. you know, I've, I've seen bits and pieces. And, That's a future know, previously run uh, for sure. Uh, it probably is. You know, it's um, yeah, it's an interesting story. He's, he's here to collect yeah stuff for Guy because Guy's building a team. Warriors bar. This is the yeah. Warriors bar. The Warriors he bar. Wants, he wants yeah. the stuff from the original to put in the in the new one on Oa. Well, I, I think it was Oa at the okay. time. Yeah. Well, I, it, there was one on Oa, wasn't there? Yeah, but I think he re- he redid everything to Mogo. That's, I think that's what he's doing here, is he's picking up that stuff. Okay. Yeah. Because they I even bring up this was Simon and Jess. Yeah, I, I didn't remember the Warriors bar because I, I feel like probably just because I didn't read anything that guy's been in the last several years. <laughs> no, but Warriors has been a thing for Green Lantern mythos. Like, yeah, it's... but it's been a, 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 a how long since I read something? Quit hating on Guy. All right, I'm not gonna hate on Kyle here. Let's pump the brakes on Guy there, like, Pete. I, I don't think Simon... Because Simon and Jesse's book never really went there. If it did, it was so brief that it didn't register with yeah. me. No. Uh, uh, it was definitely around in Hallam Pals, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which obviously... Yeah, it's where him and Kilowog... So. Not Kilowog. Um, Arkilo. Arkilo. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's where they bonded. But anyway, yeah. so he's collected the stuff, and the big thing that happens... Because uh, he's talking about all the other lanterns. we got a nice lineup shot of them. And all that. Yep. Uh, uh, basically, this this alien robot thing, uh, which was supposed to be an act of turns on, and ends up in a big fight, uh, wrecking everything that he was here for, and you know it just kind of ends with this kind of positive message. You know, Kay obviously wins and saves the day. It talks about how you know he's more stronger with friends than he is alone, and why it's okay that there's more lanterns now. Uh, but it ends with this kind of message of just saying, "Hey, it's all right. You know, we'll build something new. It doesn't matter that all this old stuff yeah. got wrecked. We'll just keep building stuff he's- new." He is the torchbearer. I always liked that that's what Johns had done with him um, when he brought Hal back, is that Kyle is so important because he kept the Green Lantern, uh, you know, legacy alive when there was no core. And, it, you know, Ganthet hand selected him. So just the idea of him being the torchbearer, and Mars brings that up here. You know, he, he carried the light because he had to, you know, and he's fine with being that, that character. But, yeah, it's, you know, turns out Ron Mars still can write a, a Kyle Rayner story. It actually kind of nicely thematically ties into that first Alan Scott mm-hmm. story in a little way. Just the, you yeah. know the idea of like he was alone, 
he was the only light, and then eventually there was others, and eventually he wasn't alone anymore. Uh, you know, I think your mate's going, by the way. Uh, so, um, I will not say no to uh, Joel Jones, Jessica Cruz pin up. Just, uh, so, on that page. <laughs> I've been look- yeah, I've been looking for a new background for my phone for a very long time, mm. and uh, couldn't find any, you know, worthy to think. I've looked for a bunch, which then led me to look up Joel Jones Starfire, and I found a very nice, you know, I don't know if it was a commission. Why have but, I not seen this? Yeah, I'll, I'll send it to the chat real quick. Yeah, yeah. How, how dare you not have yeah. shown me this already? <laughs> well, with that yeah. said, we'll move on. Uh, Creators aren't here at the start, but this is Tomasi's story, right? Yep. Yeah, Yeah. so this is the guy in Kilowog story. Mm-hmm. Where guy is telling stories in a bar, referencing stuff from, you know, I think it's Blackest Nights, the main one that he's referencing. And then he gets a call to go with Kilowog to report to a, a meeting. And they're told to go save a couple of lanterns out uh, on this other planet. And it was the journey yeah. there. They're they're hiding on the asteroid and all the rest of it. Yeah, not not just any lantern. It, it's Vath in uh, um, oh man, what's his name? Uh, Isamot. Mm. Uh, the, the two, the the Rand and Thanagar that were running. Yeah. This is basically Tomasi's GLC. Yeah, I, I just couldn't remember what Tulanza was, so I just phrased yeah. it that way. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but no, so it's important. So they're there and and. Woggy's super grumpy because you feel like something there's something on his mind yeah he's barking at the new recruits when they're trying to use the gym he's like no I've got the gym for the next like six hours go away (laughs) this is Kilowog time Uh, but the whole thing's actually a whole ruse it's all all fake because they're all just luring Kilowog out for his birthday surprise birthday uh, the planet that they've went to is actually Mogo in disguise, <laughs> and uh, basically, you know, Kilowog talks about how he doesn't really like his birthday because it's also the day that his planet died, and yeah. uh, but then he talks about how he's got a new family now, and it's just you know happy big ending uh, with them all saying the saying the mantra. So uh, yeah. it's a sweet story. Uh, it's not one of my favorite mm-hmm. in the, the the book by any means, but it, it, it made me realize I don't know if I've said this before, but um, Pete's basically Salik. What? <laughs> yeah. How dare you? You're right, he is. Yeah, see? <laughs> How dare you? Because uh, he says, where's it, where's it at in here? Um, he I'm... says, don't worry, I got things under control. And then Sally just goes, oh, why am I more concerned now? <laughs> so... Do you know, I'm actually kind of glad that the guy's story turned out to be equal, if not more so, a Kilowog story, because I felt like mm-hmm. Kilowog should have a story in this, because he's kind of the... He's the biggest lantern who's not a human, right? He's the, the most prominent right. alien lantern. He, he's the next down. And then and then you could argue, like, Aresia is pretty pretty up there, right? Yeah. And then, yeah. You're into the ones you that know. you can kind of name off the top of your head. Yeah, you know, your but it's definitely Kilowog. I mean, th- he showed up in that terrible movie. So, <laughs> you gotta... So did everyone else. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't get named, if I remember right. I've only seen it the one time. Mm. So, um, so. yeah. I thought this one was okay. It didn't yeah. pull me away, but it was a nice, sweet sentiment at the end. Uh, you know. Uh, so then we have uh, Reverse the Polarity, which is Charlotte Fullerton McDuffie and uh, Criss Cross, the storytellers with Criss Cross on pencils. And uh, this is uh, the John Stewart, but it's actually a John and Hawk Girl story, which is yeah, actually kind of a nice touch. <laughs> yeah, so she is the, the wife of Dwayne McDuffie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And being that he was, you know, mostly for the the JL ANU cartoon, I feel like this played into that. Yeah, because obviously, yeah, like, whatever, like, if a lot of people discover John and even Hot Girl from the the, J- yeah. the Justice League cartoon, 
obviously yeah. they had a, a romance in that so this is something that kind of calls back to that history yeah. uh but it's them taking on dr polaris uh some yeah. fighting some you know ducking and diving the art's not bad actually i thought the art was uh no chris cross is, is pretty good is very i enjoyable. will say it felt the most like an annual story that was mm-hmm. just kind of thrown in and i'm not gonna i mean i don't know what mrs mcduffie does normally but you know the fact that this was meant to honor her her husband who's passed and whatnot i'm not gonna beat up on it too much yeah I would um, say I could very much see this as half an episode of like a yeah. JRPG. Oh sure, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think this one, and the last one, I would both say feel that they're you know the the special slash annual style of like yeah. short story that you throw in, and they're all right. Yeah. They're not bad. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't have any problem with this. I just I got to this one and went, oh okay, this is what this one is. Yeah, you know, um, uh, it ends with a dedication uh, to Dwayne, which yeah. is nice. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, so not bad. Uh, and then we got the four corpsmen story. Uh, yeah, four corpsmen. Oh, there's the present corpsmen. Sorry, uh, I didn't read that run. I think you kind of have to for it to, yeah. to to work properly with horsemen. Yeah. So this is this is an old man or yeah, like an old man lantern kind of thing yeah. where you've got uh, you got Kyle, John, and Hal in a bar that they come to every year to talk about the old days, and they're all much older, and they're, they're sort of talking about the uh, guy being late. And, and so on. And they keep going to telling stories, various ones, obviously. All of them kind of feature Guy, you know, being naked at one point with uh, Sinestro. All that, that was... Stuff. The one I was like, okay, the ditty, you're going a little bit too far. <laughs> with with this, Guy there. This is the one that reminds me of, like, yeah, Bendy's favorite lantern is definitely Guy. Do, yeah, do, do you know what that so... was? Him, him distracting Sinestro by being naked. Yeah. Uh, it's basically Star Lord dancing to distract the yeah. villain at the end of uh, Guardians, mm-hmm. and I feel it's... like similar vibes. Yeah, I definitely had he not played Star Lord, if they were gonna relaunch Green Lantern, I think Chris Pratt would have been the ideal Ooh. guy because he he doesn't necessarily have to be dickish, but he can have that chip on his shoulder, Star Lord style, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so uh, about halfway through the story, I realized what it was doing. I'm like, yeah, oh my same. god, Guy, guy's After dead. A few pages. Like, oh, <laughs> this is this is them reminiscing about. Him. Guy's like, so dead. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna say that I teared up because I didn't, but it got a little bit dusty. Oh, I teared up with happiness. Yeah. yeah, of course you did, you monster. Um, <laughs> he he clearly went out a hero, and this is them honoring him every year. And, and Every he should year, be more and respectful. I, well, well, and just the the lady going wait, too. Don, did he go out a hero though? Because I mean, not that I'm saying that he wasn't a hero. No. I'm saying that, like, I assume that he came for these meetings for for however long he was alive, and then yeah. died naturally at some point. I see. Yeah. I don't take it as died naturally. Yeah, I that's why I took it. That, yeah. No, see, I took it as he died in the line of duty. Oh, I, really? I'm assuming he died. 17 years ago and that's why you know they come here every uh, okay. year on the anniversary and this is yeah. their 17 uh, so, uh, uh, the lady the lady taking the thing is like oh this guy running late again so no, i know i do take it as he has died but it, you know um but or maybe she just doesn't want to approach it with them because they know oh sure but, maybe I, she knows as well and it's yeah. like i I, know, I took it as he was coming same thing every year I assumed that he he was part of this tradition as well until he died at some mm-hmm. point. He was just the first to die, you know, for whatever right. you know, luck or reason. That's how I read it too. Yeah, he but died somewhere online. The way that they go visit his his headstone is he to me he died at least in my head canon now. He died in the line of, of duty, and that's why he's the first to go because he is the first one to rush in. Wait, hold on, right? Matt. You've you've both agreed and disagreed with me. Which one is? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm confused. So he was, but he was still active. Maybe the rest of them weren't active anymore. Right, but 
So they did meet up up until a point. Okay, so you think in the line the, of duty? So you think he was the, still going? So you think the tradition already started, but he was still yeah. active for whatever reason yep. and yeah, died yeah, in the yeah. line of duty. Okay, that's very specific. But yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's no stopping guy. But and no. but like John says, you know, take take a guy Gardner over a Batman any day. Yeah, I knew Matt yeah, was going to love that right. line. I, I yeah. knew that, I knew that Matt was going. And to... also, because they kept doing the four legs on the table, four houses on the wall, four seats in a Mustang GT, and I was just like, they're they're going to do it, they're going to do it, and boom, they do at the end, and they hold up the four horsemen for which, um, yeah, oh, so good. Yeah, I'm surprised. Probably Car my favorite story. How could Car even get into this? This is all wrestling because references. This was all. It doesn't matter anymore because he <laughs> did so much of this during Venditti's yeah. own run that even not knowing the the wrestling context, because this was established with all of them as you know younger men in in Venditti's run, it feels like a, a callback to that. Perfectly fine. Um, so it, yep. it it works. Yeah, so I, I did like the idea that they have this sort of joke where they realize that after all these years that the tables in this this bar actually have like one center post and not yeah. four legs, realizing that the thing they've been saying is kind of stupid. But right. it's kind of a nice message there that they're actually all just one. They're all just one. They they're are. not four separate and things. One. Yeah. They hold it up regardless. Um, That's a nice message. I also I also felt that they drew Kyle as Daddy O'Neill. He's wearing a black turtleneck and glasses. So mm -hmm. I don't know if that's intentional. You know, because yeah, um, it seems to be this had to have been in production, right? You know, before Jenny O'Neill had passed. But if you're gonna make someone the old artist, right? Mm. Where's yeah, people to be sense. someone? And right? Old Man Hal is a lot easier because we we had like Old Hal for a long time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and John doesn't really look like he's aged. He's aged the most gracefully. You know, he's a little. It does look older, but yeah, he's he's definitely. Yeah. Yeah. He's. You know, they they could have cheaped it out and given him the gray hair all the yeah, way around. I think but... just keeping the buzz cut and stuff, mm -hmm. uh, it keeps him looking consistent. So yeah. it helps yeah. the age process. Uh, so our next story is The Voice, which is uh, the Miriko Tamaki story about Jessica Cruz with uh, Mirka and Dolfo on the art. Uh, so I was looking forward to this one because yeah, I love Tamaki, who's not been writing enough recently. And obviously, I'm excited because Wonder Woman's coming, but... Uh, obviously I love Jessica Cruz and I've not been able to read Jessica Cruz in too long you bastards yes, at this point yeah so this is a story basically about her like associating with her anxiety like objects and like you know the like is the bad luck I had on this last mission because the last thing I touched the knife you know yeah I think a lot of this story feels in a way similar to me to the the Cullen Bun one in that it's very much a, a Jessica Cruz one on one um, yeah uh, which uh, you know, I think it's well written. Um, I think the art is not bad. Does some sometimes her face when she's looking down at the sink there, for example? I think her face it looks kind of weird. That's very uh, manga style. Uh, yeah. All over. yeah. Um, if you've read, uh, I've I've read quite a bit of her stuff now, and mm. it's just kind of her style. Yeah, yeah. I, I like um, a lot of it though. I like that 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 panel yeah. where she's leaving her apartment and it's just a silhouette yeah. with the light. I think she did quite a bit on bombshells, if I'm remembering right. Yeah. Uh, uh, so they're, they're fighting. Uh, I assume that's a king shark. Uh, they, yeah, they, one of they, them. They change. They change how king shark. Like, what type of shark he is all the time. <laughs> I can never keep track. But uh, she makes a giant, you know, kitchen knife to like stab yeah. king shark with, which is really dark in a way when you think about it. Leading, yeah, leading uh, Simon to go. Damn, she ain't playing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, no. Am I wrong? Was that serrated? 
better, better for slicing yeah. and dicing. <laughs> pancakes? Yeah. Which I love the callback to the pancakes. Nah, it's, yeah, it's a yeah. nice, pleasant one. Like you say, though, there's not really get much of a story there, and it's just kind of, here's 101 Jessica Cruz. Hey, if they want to give Tamaki a second book and it's like an ongoing Jessica Cruz book, I'm okay with that. Just do it. Yeah. Uh, You'd be okay yeah, with yeah. anyone taking this, uh, a Jessica Cruz book. Not anyone. Well, not anyone, because he's not reading Justice League Odyssey. Exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, a dedicated Jessica Cruz book, though. Not all Jessica Cruz happens to feature Well, no, team. because if Scott Labdell was writing that, I'd be livid and crying and, you know, mm. weeping over it. And then read it anyway. Nah. He's not you with Red Hood. I like how there was a moment there where he, he did think nah. about it for a second. No, 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 no. Uh, so the next story is the is the Baz story, uh, which is called Homegrown Hero, uh, with Cena Grace writing with Ramon Avilabuz on the R. And this is... Uh, it's it's kind of 101, but it, I think it's, it's of, of Simon, but it's 101 with a bit more bite, I think, because it gets really topical and really political and doesn't shy away from what it's trying to do. Yeah, but you say it feels one one in the same way that this is still just that core thing that has been the case with Baz since yeah. it was Yeah, it goes further with it though. As, as subtle as a sledgehammer, I oh, almost sure. kind of wish like Mark Russell, who's a little bit more adept at working the nuances of, of politics and the characters. I think but Russell again, tends to satirize it more than this. Yeah, whereas this felt very broad stroke. You know, which mm. I, I, that's fine considering the state of the world. I'm realizing the world is more broad strokes than we ever thought. Yeah, maybe we, you know? need, maybe we need the broad strokes here. Uh, yeah, maybe right. We'll need the sledgehammer to the so face. Like, again. Right. So to, to me, who, you know, I've gotten this with Simon a lot that there's people out there that don't, you know what I mean? So, like, again, yeah, it's th- not bad. It's just, to me, it's a little bit clumsy and clunky. Yeah, they points. go to a, a I guess like an art gallery showing, but specifically like a Muslim art gallery showing. Yeah. Um, and there's basically a Simon stops a mass shooter, uh, who's going to attack, mm-hmm. and then goes and like stops uh like his buddies and his group uh from doing something even worse. Uh, but it's it's kind of uh you know just the mission statement of Simon and his treatment you know in America and just attacking these 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 just straight up terrorists uh and sort of saving everyone and uh, you know because he's he's talking about how you know at one point he says maybe he shouldn't do this he'll get the core on something yeah. I, th- I think it's his mum or his auntie who says no 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 like it's important that they see you do this that they see you yeah. be the hero um so you know, it's, it's got all the, all the right messaging you, you probably want from it it's, it's got mm-hmm. the uh and they are i think pretty solid it's a very different style from a lot of the other art and the coloring yeah. especially is very different from the rest of the book but yeah uh uh, it's very flat colors, yeah. uh, as opposed to the rest. It's yeah. pleasing it's enough to the eye, though. I think. Yeah, no, it's fine. It, it definitely felt like um, like a hundred bullets, like the mm. same kind of, you know. I don't. It's not really flat colors, but I guess they kind of are, right? Yeah, I think it's no as well. The the pencils are not as clean, and again, not in yeah. a bad way. No. But most of the rest of the book feels features really tight pencils and inks, mm-hmm. whereas this feels looser. Yeah, uh, yeah, just makes it feel different. It was, but no, it was it was really good. It's a it's a nice Simon story, and like his aunt coming from Lebanon, I thought that was that was a nice little touch because this is an outsider. Yeah, right? she's she's not you know she doesn't live in Michigan with them, so of course she's not going to look at it. And he he gets that perspective that he kind of needs. I think it's interesting uh, that unlike a lot of these other specials recently, not all of them because some of them haven't, but. You know, a lot of them tend to have a story at the end, which is kind of the, the current writer on the books teasing their next thing, or, like, where, where the main book's going to be going. Yeah. 
But the bizarre thing here is that outside of Grant Morrison's book, and I guess Far Sector to an extent, but that's kind of the separate yeah. own thing, uh, there isn't really an ongoing Green Lantern book that is, you know, heavily into all the stuff where they're teasing stuff here. I mean, obviously, the Alan Scott thing feels like it is kind of a little bit, but maybe a bit more vaguely. Yeah. You know, it, it can't necessarily com- properly commit well, to what it's doing yet. And and I kind of like that in an anniversary issue. That l- let's just celebrate the character, and you don't really have to feel like it's got a tie oh. into going forward. So okay, I mean, yeah, sure, like, but that, that's uh, that's a preference thing. But what the point I was trying yeah. to make is it's a little bit sad that this one just doesn't have the like. Well, yeah, they, they can't do it of... because there's nothing to tie into. That's that's what I was getting at. Is it's kind of sad. And again, no quality towards the Grant Morrison thing, but I don't like that he's taken away a whole area of of a DC, you know. As, as someone again, I, I'm enjoying that book. Uh, when I, I'm always behind, but you know, when, yeah, I, when I sit down and read it, enjoyed I'm like, enough no, to I, catch up there, Connor. <laughs> I've got like three issues stacked behind me, and I'm like, look, I'm really enjoying binging it like every few issues. Yeah, it's especially bad though, some weeks where Connor's got like three books versus us having mm. like seven because he's he's dropped right. so many authors, isn't like, but he can't catch up on the one the one book right. that he's reading that we don't. I know. <laughs> and I, I am enjoying that book, I have like three issues behind me i uh, just got the the last issue you know this this week i think it came out this, i don't think it came out this week because uh, comic stores are on a bit of a delay over here at the minute mm. so it might have been last week uh, but either way i got i got it this week so i'll read it soon um but my point was yeah i, I i'm enjoying that book but i would like a second book where we do other green lantern things like you know do a core book alongside it it's it's the same thing i say that i, I really dislike bendis having both superman and action because it completely locks me out of reading both. I, I would like the option to, well, there's someone else on one of them that I can try. I wish I knew back when you started saying that, back when it was announced for books, like, I started a counter. Because I feel like we'd be up to, like, at least 50 by now, you saying almost that exact thing, where I wish Bendis wasn't on both books, because then I'd get to read one and not... <laughs> well, that's how strong I feel about it. I would really like to read Superman as one of the pillars of DC. I, I understand it. I'm not arguing with him on this, like, because I get it. So, and I, I'm, I'm not taking, yeah, you know, I don't want to take it away from people who are enjoying it. It's just you can have I your just, book, and I'll have a different one. I just feel it is a little bit different though, Connor, because whereas whereas Bendis has two books, right? They just got rid of the Green Lanterns book. Like, yeah, it, yeah. This would have been it's... fine if they had just made got rid of Howlin' Pals and made that Morrison's Green Lantern with Sharp and left yeah, Green Lanterns have... alone. I, I no. still don't understand why we don't have two. And uh, to be books. fair, with Superman, like, there's so many other places with Superman as well. Like, you've been, right. you know, Superman, Batman, or Batman, Superman, uh, right. more accurate. Uh, obviously, he's in Justice League. He's in, you know, he, he's in Lois Lane. Uh-huh. You know, he, he, you know, Superman pops up in a lot of places, uh, typically. Not so much with the Lanterns. You yeah. Know? Even even Jess and Odyssey, that's really about it. And then John in Justice League. Yeah. Justice League. You know, what are Kyle and Guy up to? What's Simon up to? Like, I can't remember the last time we saw Simon anywhere. Uh, you know, not counting yeah. this issue, obviously. Well, it was Green Lanterns. It was that last issue. Has he not been anything? Oh since? no, he's, he's popped up for brief appearances since. We've definitely seen him since I then. I don't remember. Uh, no, I don't remember him. And the reason why I know that we definitely did is because I remember thinking we saw him. Oh, hey, it's weird that this is the only time I've seen Simon since that book ended. So it's definitely mm-hmm. happened once or twice, but admittedly, it's been very few and far between, uh, in some small ways. So, uh, yeah. So that's the Green Lantern special, though. Uh. Yeah, honestly, one of the better overall specials, I think. I don't know if there was any stinkers in here. Uh, no. Nothing that stuck out as being this. There was only yeah. two or three that felt like, oh, this is just a 
a, a, mm-hmm. a standard one of these stories, and most of them felt like they had a, a nice point to them. I guess I'll ask yeah. the question, Matt. What was your favorite out of the the ten stories? Do you, do you have to ask? This is the Horseman. It's it's the course and followed closely by the Alan Scott story. That one was super solid. Yeah, maybe it's the Alan so, Scott one. Uh, I mean, yeah. partly because it's the, the, the Gary Frank art. Partly because I love the, the the sort of bringing the sexuality into the old version of the character, mm-hmm. but also the tease of a future JSA. Thing. Like, everything about it yeah. just was firing. It was exciting. What's your favorite, Connor? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's probably the Alan Scott one. Let's be honest. Yeah. So I mean, it's a shame that it peaked right at the start, but. <laughs> You know, but it, it didn't disappoint me as it went yeah. on. It wasn't like this is so much better and everything else pales yeah. in comparison. It was like because we had that straight into Jeff Johns, yeah. And then you know, we, well, I say you know, I, I really like the the Venditti one later and the Tomasi one. I think I liked more than Pete did as well. Yeah, you just remind, reminded me because it was all the stuff you know from Lanterns Past. They bring up one of my favorite Green Lantern stories, which was from right before Tomasi took over. Dave Gibbons was writing. And it's called The Corpse, where it's C-O-R-P-S-E. Mm-hmm. Um, they bring up the characters in the back matter, right? And the secret files kind of deal. Mm. And so I was like, oh, man, so they're officially canon now. Because that was always kind of, you know, that happened before. We're not going to talk about it anymore. So that means they're out there somewhere. So writers, once Morrison's done, shoot. Wouldn't surprise me if Morrison ends up throwing them in there. And then it's going to make me read it. Just they might have done already, and I just don't recognize them because just, just I've not read that stuff. Marshall's going to do a season three, Matt. Just get, accept that you're not getting Green Lantern for another four years. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> I'll, just go back and I'll pull my back issues out, and I'll just go back and read. It's fine. There's, there's plenty. But yeah, I just... When you were saying that, I had the Johns, they had this, and I was like, oh yeah, even though there wasn't a story about that, they included those characters in. Hey, Matt, um, if we're lucky, maybe all the relaunching after Death Metal ends, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll do to his Green Lantern what happened to Batman Incorporated, where it kind of mm-hmm. gets put to the side. It'll finish as its own separate thing. Yeah. But it, I mean, I mean it, it already is its own separate thing. But even right, more so. But like, it'll allow us to have a Green Lantern book back. And at this point, you know, if it is just Jess or Simon or just John, that could be fine. All, I yeah, miss... Whoever. Yeah. It doesn't have to be my favorite player. It doesn't be Guy or Hal or Kyle. The, the simplest you know. thing to do is just give us a, a core book and just rotate yeah. through, do you know, a couple issues of this one, an arc of them. Right. Just, just treat, in, it as a, in, treat it as an un- a genuine ensemble. Do do a thing where, you know, it's like you've got a cast of like half a dozen or so yeah. characters. And, and, and before, you know, the, the comments go wild with, well, you know, Far Sector's a Green Lantern book. Yeah, it's not just the Green Lantern thing. I, I like my characters section right that section of the universe you know dealing with like the different would... core stuff and yeah yeah oh you know, far, not... far sector is a very good book but it's nicely scratching yeah. the green lantern itch itself no it's a great book but i wouldn't say it's a green lantern I, book i am first. very excited to see her integrate with the wider yeah? green lantern universe she... after that book oh yeah they, do that. They, great. they mm. threw her in the secret files as well so there's definitely more going on mm. with that she is a lantern but really not you know what I mean? Like, there's some weird... Because um, did she have a designate? I didn't see... Uh, I have to look this up now. Her her sector designate. No, because she was new and she just got shipped off to that, that you know, for, you know distant... No, planet. I know, but it says sector... Yeah, no, it's just Joel Mullion. Um, so it's not Kelly like a, a number. Yeah. Sector yeah, no. unknown. Right. And sector with Teen Liner in, in A... Um, so, that makes sense. So, yeah. Just, you know, not actually a member of the yeah. court. Yeah, she right. she, she jerry rigged uh, an old battery. <laughs> right. Um. Well, 
Well, and seeing some of these other ones too, you know, like learning that Ran, uh, Ran and Thanagar are in Sector 2682. That's something I didn't know off the top of my head. That's a bit of trivia um, I'm asking to memorize so that whenever it comes yep, yep. up, he's going to know when you already had. But Ran and Thanagar. And then, uh, yeah, and then just the certain characters like I forgot oh, about. Actually, like, Anu. That was a that was a touch that I think I liked. Is uh, I think it's in the Sinestro story, the Lantern is dying. His mm-hmm. his sector was like one nine six one, which I mean that's mm-hmm. that was Hal Jordan's first year, right? Nineteen sixty one. Yeah, nineteen sixty one. Yeah, yeah. Nice touch. Uh, yep. Very convenient that there's four digits, so they can put any years when they want to. If they want to reference something, yep. it is uh, useful, isn't it? So there you go. Uh, I guess we'll rate the book then. Uh, Matt, what are you giving Green Lantern's um, super spectacular eightieth anniversary, one yeah. hundred page mammoth um, beast? I should. I'm gonna give us an eight. Connor. Yeah, I'll probably give it the 8 as well. I will also give it the 8. Um, mm-hmm. you know, if it was a standalone thing with that Alan Scott story, it'd probably be a 9. Uh, but obviously you have to balance things out with everything else. Right. So, so. Uh, cool. Alright, so Batman, issue 93, James the IV uh, with Gil and March and Javier Fernandez on a few pages at least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, not a lot. Not, not enough. Not enough, yes. That's the that's the key, so, key thing there. On on Twitter, I challenged Connor he said that he's going to start dropping stuff. And I told him to do it. So I had the book narrowed. There's three of them. So I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to guess oh, now. So, so specifically, Carl said he had one in mind. So you're trying to guess yes. which one it is. I'm trying to guess which one it is. Okay, and you so, want to guess as we get to each book if it's this one. Right. But then that'll break the process of elimination down. So I had it narrowed down to three. Okay. Right? This is so, one of them. Uh, hold on. Here's, here's, here's what we do. Say, say what the three are. And then mm-hmm. you have to pick which one you actually get is here. And at the end of whatever review, so at the end of this review, right, right Connor, when he's given his rating, can say if he is or isn't dropping it. And then, so he'll just do that at the end of the one that he's actually dropping. He'll tell you. Well, I'll tell you, um, the one that, that I was considering dropping, I did drop. I didn't read it. So, oh, I, it will, will well, be when I give my rating. It'll be the start. It'll be, yeah, right at the start yeah, then. Yeah. All right. So the ones I, the three that I had it narrowed down to was Batman. Aquaman and Justice League. Um, I'm gonna remove Justice League from that. I hope I bad. hope it's none of those three. Just for us to be yeah. funnier. No. <laughs> um, just looking at the other books, there. I don't think there's. He's not reading Flash. He already dropped Flash. Justice League Dark. It's just Ram V now. He's, he what's his, what's he loves Justice League Dark. Jimmy Olsen has one issue left. Can't see him dropping that before. <laughs> that, 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 would be, that would be a twist. Standard, that would be redundant. Yeah, yeah that would be a right. twist. Can't see him dropping Suicide Squad. Like, come on now. Well, it's Tom Even Taylor. Like, what? Good things. If if he drops Suicide Squad, I just come from the show and never be back. Right? That's yeah, just that's, yeah. plunge. I, I can't see him dropping plunge unless he's like, oh, I want. There's only two issues left. It'd be kind of a weird. Yeah, right. Which means it's Batman or Aquaman. And after this issue, I definitely am more feeling that he's dropped Batman and didn't read it. Hey, right, plot twist. He actually just dropped Lola Woods because it ended, and that's uh, that's yeah. what he's <laughs> Uh, he's just being pedantic. Yes. All right. Okay. All right. Batman yep. issue ninety three. James Taylor the fourth. Uh, Gellar March and uh, Javier Fernandez. I'm saying that again because I can't leave that that discussion yep. in the the cut up version for YouTube. Doesn't work. Yep. Uh, worse for that, by the way. I, I noticed that yep. in editing the previous ones to cut up. Matt's the one who makes it awkward because he'll keep so referencing. Completely unrelated yes. immediately. Uh, so. Yeah, so this is, a, this is the issue where we kind of get a big twist at the end, kind of revealing what's going on with the, the designer, um, revealing 
yeah. all along. Because obviously the designer, technically, as we know, was killed. The Joker killed the designer. That was something we saw in the flashbacks from before. Yeah. I, I low-key hated the reveal. I low-key hated how we got there. However, mm-hmm. the plotting, I really enjoyed. But I any issue that is Batman sitting there and explaining everything, mm-hmm. I just, I don't like it's not the best issue, and not just because of the Gillenart chart, although that obviously right. isn't helping. It didn't help, yeah. Uh, what I will say is that I kind of agree with Matt in the sense that I like the plotting in the sense that it does actually make sense with everything that's happened before that mm-hmm. it's just one of the Joker's mad games that he is actually behind this designer stuff. Now, admittedly, right. I don't really understand what's going on with the designer, the person who's actually the designer right now, because when Batman takes the mask off, it's like a corpse. <laughs> Like, but it was and someone. Like, there's a voice box with Joker's like, yo, transmitting. Is it like a? Is, is he control like wrong. a robot? Is it like a robot control? Is he? Well, remember he was controlling the zombies. So is this okay. part of that? This is one of the designers' things, like. And we know Tynan's not that that lazy of a writer just to throw oh zombies. Sure, yeah, maybe this is the, something at play. Maybe the gap so, is what's hurt. This is we just don't remember yeah. the context enough to get why yeah, what's going yeah. on with the designer's body, um, but. You know, I, I I do love the ending with the utter hopelessness. It feels like with, with yeah. Batman. Well, you the, know, the part of this that I really really like is you know because because I love the mystery at the time, which was like, okay, what, what what did the Joker say when when the designer took all the villains in and explained what he could give them, and the designer like was terrified by the Joker's like responses or whatever. Right. I, I love the theorizing then, and I love that now. Yeah, it was just quite simple. Is it the designer's grand plan, right? And as much as it is about exposition with Batman just t- telling us everything, right. his grand plan involved all these villains and taking over everything, blah, blah. But the plan necessitated that the Joker was going to kill Batman and Robin. But that's the flaw, is that the Joker doesn't want to kill Batman. He never wants mm-hmm. to kill Batman. He never will. Nope. Uh, I like that being the... I do without you. I like that being the problem... In the whole thing, I like that being the thing that the designer just couldn't have predicted that he just he just, he just got wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I love the idea of the Joker yelling wrong and then shooting him, <laughs> or, or a buzzer. Right, that is Joker very Joker. Joker. Yeah, right? why would that? So, work? so, so the idea that the Joker's kind of used the plan himself to uh, yeah. set up his war uh, is, is fine. Like, I, I don't have a problem yeah. with that uh, and, conceptually. And I love, I love the uh, the the in between. Harley and Punchline. Mm-hmm. I feel that outside the art, Tynan just nails that dynamic of you're just the next thing, and she goes, "No, you don't understand." Well, they, they are the they are in Harley and Punchline is mostly pretty good because that's mostly the the, yeah, the Fernandez pages. Some yes. like two pages in a row of just really gratuitous shots. Uh, oh sure, yeah. of Harley. That, um, like on the the first page where they're fighting, uh, the middle has a bit where they're like diving over each other. Mm-hmm. I was I was I was that, talking. That's awkward. It's awkward. I was talking just general art quality though versus March, where it's just much more pleasing to look at. Yes, yeah, so if we're going to talk about like yeah, the, well, the... yeah, I, I said that because I felt it really distracting, like and really like mm-hmm. took me out of it, like because it was there in that fight, and then the very next page, Harley doing her her kick to the face. Yeah, and I'm like, what is going on with her I, body? I actually never even what? noticed that. Do you know, what, do you know what it is? It's because the thing I hate about March more than anything is his faces. And the faces on these pages look good. Like, see, see the yes. bottom of that first page? Harley and Punchline's faces, the close-ups? Those yeah. look great. Those faces look great. The faces look great in every single panel yeah. they're in. Uh, so... Um, but yeah, but it is kind of nailed it with the gratuitousness. Like, that kick, I, I watch enough wrestling that <laughs> you, you can't form a kick 
the way her body is. She's doing a ballet thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's the way just... like her neck's twisted back around, yeah, and around, like yeah. as to a torso, and I'm like, this just yeah. doesn't work, and it completely took me out of it. Yeah, so but I do love the dynamics between them is with. I love like, the I love the idea that I I almost didn't notice some of this stuff just because I was I was yeah. too relieved to double look at Gillen March art. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, um, but I I like what when Harley's like I've been in your shoes. She goes, no, you don't understand. You wanted to fix him. Mm. I like him how he is. In in fact, he's just a bridge. Oh yeah, punchline to get me to my new to who I really want to be. Yeah, I'm I like, like, oh I, damn. I like, I like that Punchline hates Harley because she tried to change him. Like, no, 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 no. Uh-huh. You tried to alter him. Like, why would you do right. that? The, the Joker's this special yeah. thing. Like, and, and now it gets me to the point where, like, I don't think I can ever like Punchline. Because right? I don't like the Joker. Uh, I don't like how much certain comic fans fetishize Joker. And now I feel like Punchline's almost a response to that. Right? The, the people that are yeah. like, oh, no, Joker's actually right. Well, no, Punchline... <laughs> Nuts. I probably right. said hey. this when we got this 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 sense of her from you know the other like mm-hmm. short stories and stuff, but mm-hmm. uh, I actually you know I, I do love that she's more of like this just like devout zealot of like you know yeah. the Joker's like you know right. I, I mean we don't actually think he has an ideology, but like right. she does. This is this is who she has always been. Whereas Harley, Joker pulled her in, yeah, right, and and she couldn't escape that, and she still can't. Like she's still getting caught up in all the Joker's bullshit. But Punchline sought it out, like you said, like a zealot, you know? And so she's a true believer. So anytime in fiction you see that true believer that's willing to go the extra step, it's usually they're going to use that person as the stepping stone. And I get that vibe from Punchline, right? This is not her final form, now, if you will. Well, I do think the Joker reveal makes sense given what they set up before. Mm-hmm. I think it, it makes sense narratively to go that direction. Yeah. I do get that if people are tired of this, like, essentially the story became, oh, it was Joker all, all along, lol. Like, I get, yeah. I get, if you're, if you're mad at that, I can't really blame you for being mad at it, even though I do no. think it makes sense given what they set up. I, I think mm-hmm. there's an expectation of it not being that surprising this time because we're going yeah. into Joker War. Mm-hmm. So, sure, of course this is yeah. the lead into Joker War. Yeah, it makes sense. I, I didn't get mad at it where I was like, oh, no, it's Joker, boo. Oh, it yeah. was like, oh no, Batman fell for it. I definitely rolled my eyes a little bit. Oh, I didn't mind. Yeah. And but like you said, it was because it's leading right to Joker War. You know, if I didn't know Joker War was coming, maybe it would have been different. So it's contextual. Honestly, the biggest problem I had was the idea that Slade would work for the Joker and that he yeah. kind of very, very easily really injures Batman. When you know, typically mm-hmm. when Batman and Deathstroke go head to head, I mean, maybe you could say he's distracted because he's been shot by the Joker, but yeah. I don't know. It just it felt a bit. It all felt a bit. False oh, no. and, and I do like the plan. The plan makes a lot of sense with all the chaos mm. and you bring in the, the mercenaries, they kill all of the all of the, the civic leaders and then Penguin puts his people there and becomes the mayor. Ooh. And, and uh, sorry, I've got an answer on the on how uh thingy's being controlled. Zainer. Okay. Zainer, thank you. Yeah. Um that first page of uh of Joker where he's leaning in on the phone. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. With a drink mm-hmm. behind him. You can see them controlling him with like a. He's got a VR oh, headset. Oh, you're right. Yeah, it's, he's got like a an Oculus Rift on, and he's got like two joysticks. Yeah, because that's why. Because um, there's a moment where the body's lying there, the designer, and Joker's laugh comes out of the throat, which I thought yeah. of as like a, a like a, a speaker in there that he's transmitting to from the phone. Yeah. Um, but the the body being controlled there is is, is there as well. I've just kind of noticed it in the background. Oh, you're right. Right there, you go. Oh shoot! Uh, yeah. And then the, the other big thing is that the Joker, uh, Catwoman, inadvertently through trying to protect Bruce's money, 
<laughs> actually handed it over to the Joker. So the, the end of the issue is Joker, you know, punchline confirms to him that he's now uh, worth $100 billion, and it's him laughing maniacally because he has all of Bruce Wayne's money. And well, uh, we didn't mention as well, punchline slit Harley's throat. She yeah. did, yes, uh, and dumped her in the sewer. Now, obviously, Harley's going to be fine, but... It's Harley Quinn. Um, yeah. That's it. I also like that Tynan brings in the idea of Bruce Wayne being a, like, not a public figure, but being a public face. So Bruce Wayne doesn't actually exist when it comes to the money. It's all just Wayne Enterprises, just shell accounts that shuttles things around, right? And that's how Selena's able to to steal all the money. Well, um, as they point out here, like, the whole point is, is that Bruce doesn't want want anyone to know where he spends a lot of the right. money because obviously, right. and typically, I mean, so and there's like a, there's a catty line there where she's like, "Oh well, typically anyone with that amount of money doesn't want anyone to know how to spend it." Right. But we know it's because he's Batman because he's spending a lot on right. But know, to bat tags and shit. Else, he's just a typical billionaire that has set all these things up, you know. So it's hard to follow. Yeah. Um, and that it eventually ends up. It's the lack of transparency ends up with what. Does him. Him. Yeah. Uh, right. It's it's uh, it's a nice touch that hypocrisy of it almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, can anyone so, tell me where Punchline shoots Catwoman? Because I was a little unclear. Um. Because no. she's she's got the smoking gun. There's the bang sound effect. Catwoman's lying there, but there's no like blood pool or gunshot wound. I was a little bit confused. I have very little idea. Maybe shot her in the back. I don't know. Maybe. Back of the head. I don't know. Kinda, no. Well, I, mean, I mean, she's wearing the, the full, you know, cow. I'm, so, I'm just a bit confused as to what happened there exactly. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Uh, it should have been a knife. I saw, reactions, I saw reactions to this on Twitter before I read it, and they were very negative. It was very, oh yeah. god, Tiny, you've dropped the ball, you've done that. I read it I sort of agree. expecting to be, you know, really disappointed and obviously the art's pretty bad and there's definitely some aspects of it that i don't love but mm-hmm. for the most part i don't think it's like this giant misstep though in terms of where, where it's going and what it's been building to it it doesn't feel like i'm, I'm not concerned about tiny's run because this yeah. issue is not perfect i guess is what i'm saying no yeah it's it's fine again it, it's not the best issue but i wouldn't say that he dropped it i feel like it leads right to where it's going it makes sense it's just i don't like the whole issue is Batman explaining things like that? I, yeah, even yeah. if this was a Superman issue or it's just Flash, a, and yeah, it's a fundamental it's a storytelling issue as opposed to what the story yeah. is itself. Yeah, right. yeah, uh, and I think that's why it's probably my least favorite issue of his run, um, and it will be reflected in the score. But it's not that I dislike the the end point of the ideas. And like I said, I rolled my eyes a bit. Oh, Joker's fine, but I'm not sure we're going into Joker or whatever. It's fine. It'll be fun. But it's the 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 storytelling of the way it's revealed. Uh, things in the art being unclear, like this stuff with Catwoman. Like, I just, I'm not sure yeah. what actually happened, and that's that's mm-hmm. a problem, I think, because I don't think it's supposed to be a mystery. Mm-hmm. No, but that's why I think the bangs on fact, like, he could have just made it a knife. We know Punchline loves knives. Yeah, you know? but you got the bangs on effect and then her holding the smoking gun. So it's like right. there is a clear implication. Yeah. Uh. So, no. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. See, we see where it goes. I, I think uh, I, I'm generally down for what they're doing now. Obviously, yeah, it's Joker, lol. I mean, I get it, but mm. hey, uh, uh, Matt, what are you giving it? I'm gonna give this a seven point five, mostly because the art and and some of the other stuff, but it's not bad. So yeah, Connor, uh, it's a five point five for me. <laughs> Which again. Uh, 
I, I feel like I have to justify this every so often. On my scale, that is not bad. Five is average. It's fine. Okay. All right. No one, no one said that. You, you, you made a noise. I, 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 it was more just in the Yo, contrast. Your score, though. It was in the contrast in Matt. It wasn't a noise at the the score itself. Uh, uh, my score. I didn't hate this issue, so yeah, whatever. Yeah, no, I didn't hate it either. I, I'll play. I'll play. So I split a different score, about six point five, I think. Uh, yeah. You know, it's got problems. The art's really rough, uh, which is the big reason why it's going down. But you know, everything else we've said. So uh, that is uh, that is Batman. So. Justice League 47, Robert Vendetta writing with Eddie Barrows on the art. And this is kind of the end of the the arc here with the uh the Tartarus and once again it's a it's an issue of pretty nice looking fight scenes of mm-hmm. big spreads, two page spreads, uh, a lot of nice art. Not much to the story itself, I would say. Yeah, I've I've mm-hmm. actually got not a lot to say on this one because it's kind of just either. more yeah. of the same for what this with this Ah, especially. No, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, it looks fine. The the only notable things to really say is that there's a sort of montage, as it were, of people around the world fighting. The, my favorite being the, the little boy and girl, like basically beating right. the shit out of each other I, because of the I, energy. I'm, conf- I, I'm confused. I meant to ask Vendee on Twitter, see if I could get a response. Mm-hmm. Who who are the Finches in, in football? Because because um, uh, uh, it was the Finches versus the Hammers, so it's it's West Ham, obviously. Right. Got that. I don't, I'm not familiar with the Finches. Uh, uh, the, the, the yeah, other... con- context for the scene that you're talking about there one of the other things we see in the montage is uh people at a bar who are watching a football game uh fighting um yeah. i'll always bring the, always give the context you, you gotta give people here, the context so they understand the thing, what you're talking though, about. i thought that happens every time you guys watch soccer don't say you guys yeah. i am not a part of that world don't, Honestly, how dare you i this didn't look that extreme <laughs> like you're right look that out of line to yeah. what i'm familiar with yeah it, it, it would not be unusual for a visiting team if they won to go and visit the the local bar of of the yeah. stadium of the the home team and start some trouble uh, the, i mean maybe, maybe less so now i don't know but in my youth when i was attending football yeah. games this this was pretty common but- but see that's the thing you uh, that's also with vendity is i you know even i know and i don't watch that much is you don't have the nicknames like we do. Yeah, a lot of teams. The Finches and the Hammers. It's you know West Ham United or yeah, right? so West Ham. Like we've got like the Magpies, which are Newcastle because Newcastle right. look like a, like a, like a Magpie and right. Like that's that. but they're Newcastle FC, right? Like they're it's, not. If, they're if, not. if someone said the Magpies, you'd know most people would right, know. But well, it's just like Arsenal's nickname is the Gunners, you know, but they're not the Arsenal Gunners. They're just Arsenal FC. Uh, yeah. it's, it's completely yeah. like a separate nickname yeah right so right. I, I saw that too just, just as a, as a sports this, thing end well, no, this as, as, as a sports thing it, it raised my hackles as well connor uh so. can i give a shit all right moving on to the actual stuff here is just like a basically a beat uh but they all start forgiving each other for whatever they were fighting for uh, with the tartarus energy being unleashed and uh, it basically makes uh corrigan realize that he has to like the specter you know, back in. Essentially. Forgive God, yes. Uh, for giving him this burden. Uh, we see all the people in the montage kind of like make friends again. Uh, and yeah, that's basically it. But there's a lot of fighting when they're fighting the, the giant god of Tartarus. And it includes, you know, John comes in with all the all the Amazons. And yeah. all of this stuff looks really good. It, honestly, it was a nice, quick visual feast, uh, which is why I'll be fairly lenient on it, even though the story is just kind of ho-hum. Uh, mm-hmm. But 
it was it was it was nice to look at. So yeah, I like I like the idea of Tartarus being the god's boogeyman. He's always just been there. You know, yeah, it's one nice of those essential natures. Yeah, yeah, just the essential nature of the gods. There's always there's always one. You know, Norse at Ymir. You know, so was that uh, the boogeyman? As a matter yeah. of fact, it was. Yeah. Halloween. Okay. It's called cinema. Yeah. All right. Baba Yaga. Uh, <laughs> what did you just say? So the Baba Yaga. That's John uh, Wick. That's also Boogeyman. Don't sell you my classic Halloween, the masterpiece that it is. With, John Wick is a modern classic. You with, know. Yeah, you thank know, you. With an all right recent movie, okay? Modern classic. My sister in law tried to tell me John Wick sucked and she'd never even seen it. And I have never, <laughs> never been that mad at her. And we've had some we've had some yelling matches. Tell me John Wick sucks. You've never even seen it? It came oh, up in you. the context of The Last of Us 2. Uh, in uh, a little bit of a review controversy last week. I, I and it was that. hilarious. Yeah. Uh, Last of Us 2 much better than John Wick, yes. Uh, I agree. Uh, uh, so Do you see what this was, be? <laughs> I uh, I don't want to talk about it. I, I don't care. Uh, all, all I'll say about Last of Us 2 is my brother was very disappointed because he had built it up in his head. And he's like, look, if I had never played the first one, this game would have been rad. But I, it just I doesn't compare. Three days, and I'm like, eh, I'll get to it. Uh, but just while so. I'm on the subject, it's also better than Shiddle's List. So, uh... <laughs> oh, good lord. <laughs> Alright, move on. I don't need to. What? what? <laughs> Look, I never need to watch that movie again. It's a solid. It's a good movie, but... True, I don't need to ever see it again either. But, hey, I like Halloween more than Shiddle's List too. No one's going to bite my head off for that. Halloween's a better movie than Shiddle's List. I'm talking yeah, about but... the movie, not the person who actually did the thing. Cool. What's your, what's your grades, guys? <laughs> I'll go first. You go first. <laughs> I'm going to give this a 7. It's perfectly acceptable. <laughs> Connor. For much the same reason, I'm giving it a 6. Alright. Okay. Uh, Dark Knight, also better than Shadow's List. I will give this a solid uh, 7 out of 10. Uh... Jurassic Park, Spielberg, the same year. Better than Shadow's List. Sorry, just to... I, I want to rewind just a second. Yes. All the way back to Green Lantern. Um, did, we, did we say Hal Jordan first appearance was... 1961. I, I asked that question because believe, of the... And, and, I, and Matt just, was like, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. sure. Just because... Uh, 1950... It's going to be 59, isn't it? It's 59, yeah. This is the back yeah. of it. Sinestro was 61. Ah, see, that makes sense. Sinestro story. Uh, that's yeah. where it comes from. Well, that correction is great, but, but on YouTube, they're cut up and this won't be there, so they're going to correct you in the comments anyway. <laughs> yeah, well... They'll learn when they get to this. They won't get to this, though, necessarily. They might not click on the Justice League review. Well, they should. Hey, what's hey, what's next? <laughs> the Flash seven five six. Joshua Williamson writing with Christian Dus on the art. Uh, this is starting Legion of Zoom, and it's basically uh, Thon going through various time periods and collecting Flash villains that he would like to have in his family. Uh, um, yeah, and I'm feeling like him pulling them out from different times. He's not going to who they are the last time we saw them. Mm-hmm. Right? He's going to different. You know, time period. I feel this is Williamson's backdoor to reset some things going forward. Very possibly, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it keeps cutting to him collecting various people. Uh, he goes and gets Grodd when Grodd was in power yep. of uh, Grodd City. He goes to get Cold, uh, Captain Cold, uh, and uh, he's with Golden pull, Glider. Pulling kind with Golden Glider. Yeah. You know. And he gets them again a couple of years ago. 
uh he yeah. also goes to get uh the trickster uh james trickster, jesse which is james jesse yep yep before oh. he had started all of his shenanigans with the, the forces and whatnot uh-huh. and he wants a turtle uh, but the big, the big reveal at the end is, though, is that the final people that he's going for is an evil version of the Tornado Twins, which yep, is which... very interesting. Very cool. Yeah. I'm glad we're getting to see them because Williamson did hint at them numerous times mm-hmm. throughout the, his run. So that, that's real cool. So hopefully, hopefully we get the actual version showing up by the end of this, by finish line. It wouldn't surprise um, me if they fix some sort of timey-wimey stuff and then all of a yeah. sudden uh the the you know the good version show up but mm-hmm. uh the main because well, the fact that bart exists means the good versions exist somewhere mm. right uh the main through line of the issue is that barry's basically telling iris and the other species he's telling avery and wallace to 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 hide and run and go elsewhere yeah. but all three of them show up in defiance saying no we're sticking together you're not doing this pushing us away bullshit which to be fair has been almost a complaint that we've had about this book is that barry keeps doing it over and over again and it's actually kind of frustrating to read at a certain point okay. so it was actually kind of a fist pumping moment where they just said no we're not doing it <laughs> Look, well, you're not doing it to us this time and then iris is the one that puts it together is well no it's not about keeping you guys safe it's about he doesn't want you to see what he's gonna have to do and oh man that that leans into the flash you know uh continuity yeah. Him killing uh, Zoom at a certain point. So yeah, because uh, yeah, he doesn't. Basically, he doesn't want them to see him go that far uh, and ruin kind right. of their image of him. Uh, the art's very good. I really like the uh, the art for the most part. There's one or two weird faces. Mm-hmm. Typically, and it's there's a place that, page that I'm looking at right now with Thon uh, as he's running towards the camera, as it were. Uh, Whenever someone's running towards the, the, the page and their head's kind of tilted down and they're looking up, the heads look mm-hmm. really weird. He looks almost alien with the head shape. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. And I think that has a lot to do with the, the shape of his cowl mm. and whatnot, too. And showing, trying, trying to play the space. But other yeah. than a couple of instances of that, uh, the art's actually really good and I was really into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah me too. I, but I like the story that they're telling that, you know, Wallace and Avery aren't going to take enough for an answer, that he is going to need a Flash family and I'm hoping this leads to some other characters popping up because he is going to need reinforcements now. Um, and that this is them showing up to help him kind of is going to what changes his mind. I really don't think he's killing Zoom. I think that's what's going to be the change yeah. here. And, that's, and maybe him killing Zoom is what leads the Tornado Twins into becoming, you know, th- that version. Yeah. So the fact that he doesn't. Because I also don't think like we've seen a lot of paradoxes with the Flash because if, if, if Zoom started messing with the time stream that's going to create paradoxes now you know because if he pulled cold and glider out right mm. before all this other stuff it's just a whole yeah timing well that's the thing it's, it's the captain cold and glider from like before we had all this stupid year the mm-hmm. villain crap associated with them right. it's you know better versions of them which is is interesting mm-hmm. and yeah it, it may just be a simple case of williamson wanted to use good versions of these characters and not yeah. the ones that had been butchered well, by himself even yeah, in some cases a- and use a new 52 version of, of Grodd with the, the helmet, mm. you know, the horn on it and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, what we've not really said yet is if we actually like the issue, though. So uh, <laughs> how did you feel? Yeah, no, I, I, I enjoyed this issue. I mean, it's it's not the same as the last where I had that, oh, holy shit. But it's going to have – I do feel he's finally back 
he's worked was, himself in the shape. Yeah, I was worried that, uh, you know, after the excitement of that ending in the last issue, that it was going to mm -hmm. instantly just kind of ruin it by being what the book's yeah. been in a way that I don't like. Yeah. Uh, and I guess the nicest thing I can say about it is that it didn't do that. Like, I left this feeling like, no, I'm still into the story. I'm still into what Thon's doing. Yeah. Uh, I, I was into the Flash family stuff uh, for the most part, but, but maybe a bit long drawn out in the, 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 the decision making process, but uh, I like Thon building his team and the, the reveal at the end was a, a fun one. So it does kind of feel like obviously he had this ending story in mind for the end of his run for a long time. And I feel like a lot of the stuff that came in the last 30 or so mm -hmm. issues, 40 issues even, <laughs> was kind of the stuff that we didn't like. It, you know, finally yeah. he's getting to do the, the, the end game story that feels like it's more relevant to the Flash as a whole and not just whatever he's built. Uh, and his creations which you know a lot of that you know all the four season all that other stuff so mm -hmm. uh but no uh so not bad not, not like a knock out the park either by any means no. uh but solid enough so uh what are you giving the flash i'm gonna give us a 7.5 yeah i'll give it a solid seven uh, i'm not gonna like sing its praises too much but solid yeah. seven so aquaman issue 60 kelly sued iconic writing with miguel madoncha on the art and this is uh, them finding Baby Andy, which they actually do quite early in the issue. Uh, you know, I wasn't expecting yeah. it to that that element of it to be wrapped up uh, in that way. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's interesting because it's basically the gods say, "Hey, look, we're going to look after the baby because you have to go and deal with everything, and the baby can't be around you while you go and deal with who's responsible for this while you're yeah. fixing stuff." Uh, and also, Mira wakes up, of course, is the other big thing, uh, which it seems yep. to be that Andy kind of does that actually. Mm -hmm. Interesting way. Presence. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a, a question of how intentional it might be because it's is it Andy itself or is it amplified through you know the the mother shark? Yeah, right. uh, mother shark's probably a part of it. I will say, regardless of any opinions that anyone has of this issue, I don't care what they are because that two page spread of mother shark is absolutely gorgeous, and I will not listen yeah. to any anything else. <laughs> I I am loving that that Kelly Sue is delving into this the whole gods and ocean spirits and mm, yeah. what's this mean with the ninth tribe because consistently we, my favorite part of this book has yeah. been when it's been dealing with those aspects yeah that, that we, mother we, shark look at her though look at the mother shark yeah. <laughs> look at that two page spread i just love the sheer size of it yeah the size the shading all of it is just it's glorious anyway mm -hmm. uh so no it's, it's an interesting choice where he has to sort of give up his, his daughter uh to go and deal with what's going on and, and Mira wakes up and is like basically finds out that her wedding's in the, the, the next day because Volko's been arranging all this stuff uh, so yeah. that he can actually get things moving uh, so, so we end with kind of the cliffhanger of no the wedding's happening like that, this wedding between her and Volko is supposed to be happening like the next day uh, and Arthur's off to go and deal with things but there's a lot of really nice stuff um, and it's kind of what I was saying I was sort of hinting in the, the news portion where we were talking about like mm -hmm. crossovers and stuff infecting yeah. books that obviously the year of the villain stuff did infect this book, but it is kind of nice how here I felt like the use of the the mech head to sort of aid with the the search mm -hmm. for the baby it was a nice natural inclusion of like uh, yeah. she she had to put the stuff in the book in the first place, but now it's in the book. She's using it as part of the I, history. What I appreciate about this is none of it really mattered that it was a mecha mantis. This could have been mm. anything. It's just well, hey. we already established this thing was there, it, so might as well use it. It's a MacGuffin. Instead yeah. of creating something new, she just went back and used. And yeah, that's smart. Something here. Yeah. Yeah. It's smart. Um, also, I like that. What's the character's name? I can't find her name. The one that Dolphin goes and finds. Uh, uh, Ler I'm going to mess this up. Lernea? Mm hmm. Um, the whole. <laughs> I just got my desk. Um, the whole reason that she took Andy 
was by the orders of Orm to leave her for a fisherman to find so she could have a happy life away from all of this. That, yeah, that's, like, a, that's a very interesting twist. Because last issue, I think we almost, like, we didn't hate it, but we kind of rolled our eyes a little bit. Oh, it's just Orm. Yeah, well, it's like, just Orm stealing the baby. But Orm, what are you doing? Have you not learned? Orm's, you know, recently reformed self. Kind of yeah. giving it, like, basically what Arthur had. It's more. Yeah. Inter- it's definitely more interesting. Than him just being evil is just no. He he's like no. That baby can't have a life with you and me, right? And the, the life you have, which is interestingly right. kind of similar to what the gods tell Arthur. Is that no, you have to leave her with us right. so you can go off and do your Ackerman shit. And right. it's, so it's more interesting. I mean, it's still doing wrong. It's still on the wrong. It's still not the right thing to do. But it does make it a bit more layered and a little bit more interesting than what it was before. Yeah, it's it's not and, just because like we had assumed it was. Oh, this is his path to the throne. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it makes me think that maybe everything else he's doing, because he's been claiming that it's not evil, that he's doing this r- right for the people of the Nine Trade, of the of the people who need this this uh, new home. Maybe he actually has been sincere. Maybe he hasn't been an evil dick. You know? It, can we can no. we talk about how he's got them singing military songs? He does. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, 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 and I, again, um, I really appreciate the lettering here of the the the, the chorus shouting back, being you know the big red letters yeah. and then as the the character we're following moves away all you hear is just that and it gets smaller and smaller as it goes through to to show you just how far mm. away he's moving and the you know, mm-hmm. the the sound of it being further away really smart yeah yeah um i i do think this is gonna lead with with the problems that we're seeing with mira as as queen in volco in even just the order of the monarchy through abnett's run is that it wouldn't surprise me if Atlantis does away with the monarchy, right? Because you're, you're having almost a republic-style government coming from Orm. Like, right, he's, he is of the monarchy and whatnot, but not anymore. He got cast out. And I almost can see this leading to a, okay, we're going to have multiple lever- leaders. We're going to have a representative. The Ninth Tribe is going to be represented, finally. Um, and it, it's not going to be this big war that we're thinking of. You know, um, I could be completely wrong, and that is going to be Orm. Orm just wants to destroy things because he can't have it. But the fact that he kidnapped Andy so she would be away from this life, I it tells me that don't just revert back to Orm being Orm. Yeah, me either, and that's why I definitely think that he is doing this actually out of no, I was wrong. I was in the monarchy. I was a you know, I was a prince, and I had it good, and I didn't realize what life was like until being cast out and now he's yeah. coming back with a different perspective like, it's, you know it's okay if what he does is still wrong and villainous mm-hmm. right as long as it's not just back to him stealing the throne for himself as usual right. that would be boring right. and i don't think I, I definitely get the seeds of this is how he builds a rebellion against that and we can we've already seen the monarchy is kind of bs with mother satea and just all the stuff mm-hmm. that they're making Mara do just because of traditions through. Yeah, and it wouldn't surprise me if Kelly Sue, how she writes, is going to look at that and go, hey, I think let's change this. All this is really good stuff. All this potential. Um, mm-hmm. Fundamentally, at its core, I would say that Orm actually trying to do the right thing here and not turn out to be evil is by far way more fascinating and compelling mm-hmm. than him just turning out to be evil again. So... Right. If if as long as she sticks to that in some capacity, mm-hmm. then I think this will work. Whatever whatever it is you know, yeah, uh, Kelly Sue's doing. So, um, hopefully she gets to tell all of her story uninterrupted <laughs> and isn't isn't uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you know, out, outed out of the, the job by bullshit, yep. you know, chicanery behind the scenes. It, yeah. It, it's still crazy to me that you have Kelly Sue, Matt Fraction, and Bendis writing monthly books at DC. Mm. And they've been pretty much left alone, you know, uh, to do what they need to. Like, yeah, she had a tie into Year of the Villain, and, and Fraction's been on his own telling whatever story Jimmy is, you know. Uh, that has been left alone more than any other book in existence. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, so. anyway, uh, so ours pretty solid. Not not always yeah. necessarily great, but it's it's yeah. uh... a couple of really standout moments. I think Mother Shark, um, right before that, uh, Aquaman walking away into the you know with the half in shadow is great, yeah. and the the panel of Dolphin doing the thumbs up is phenomenal. Yeah, some really yeah. good stuff in there. Uh, uh, Madonna is not necessarily name that I even think of quickly when I'm thinking of artists, but. Uh, solid enough stuff here uh, with some really like you say standout moments so uh, Matt what are you giving Aquaman I'm, I'm giving this an 8.5 Connor uh, it's just a straight 8 from me yeah I, I'll go with a straight 8 as well I am tempted to go a little bit higher uh, but I, I do think Kelly Sue is building a great run here it could, it could be the sort of thing where a, a lot of the issues may end up only be you know an 8 or so but like the actual the whole will be more than the sum of its parts because there's something really kind of... At least it feels like there's a really well-thought-out run happening here uh, that's been building since she started and took over the book, so hopefully we have much to go. So, uh, we'll move on then to Suicide Squad, issue 6. Tom Taylor writing with Bruno Redondo on the art. Uh, so, I mean, yes, prepare for some praise because it's a Tom Taylor comic book. But there might be high scores at the end of this one. Yes, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. there very well might be. Uh, so they're getting all their their implants, their bombs removed from their necks because, well, makes sense. They have to, right? <laughs> they, they are still they bombs go, in their neck. And, yes. Yep. And there, it's a shady doctor that Harley knows that might have broken out of Arkham, it, or it's, it's one of might have been one released, healed and released, yeah. uh-huh. or she was the one who escaped after brutally stabbing three guards with a spoon. With the spoon, which pays off, spoon. which pays off later with Batman, because Batman gets a yeah. a really funny payoff to yes. that joke. Uh, it's a spoof. Yes, a very dead panty. Uh, so, yeah, basically, they're in Gotham, and Batman catches wind of this. Uh, you know, the, the Doctor betrays them because there's a bounty on their heads. Uh, a pretty big one at that, 24 million. Uh, I wonder yeah. if she gets part of the bounty, if she gets like, just a couple of them. <laughs> That's a good maybe. maybe. Uh, but if she does try pain. to inject them. I, I would. Yeah, she tries to inject them with the poison that she says is an anesthetic after the fact. They've just had surgery without anesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So who knows what mind she was in? So you know? they, uh, they, they they obviously get out of there. Uh, they take the dog because uh, they can't leave the dog behind. Because of course. Nope. Uh, and we end up with this big blowout with Batman, where like they, they kind of take him on and to the point where, uh, you know, like I think uh, see actually at one point says, "No, we can take Batman. We can do this." Yeah. Of course we can, well, uh, and and Hal is like, you know what? Not gonna lie, this never ends well. Yeah, actually, no. one of my favorite moments in the whole book actually is because because they, they actually get attacked by other people uh, in the truck, and it flips over as an explosive. Uh, Zebra Man kind of saves them from it, but they get out of the truck and like they're ready for a fight. They're all gearing up to take on like the ten assassins, and they come out of the truck and they're all just lying unconscious. And there's just this great close up on Harley at the bottom of his like. You know, this is not the first time in Gotham that I've, you know, been surrounded by a bunch of unconscious bodies. I'm not going to lie, this never ends well. 
<laughs> just behind her. Yeah. And and yep. as uh, you know, they tell her behind you, she spins around uh-huh. with a gun, and he's gone. And she's like, "Stop Batmaning." Yes. Well, because then she turns back around and they're gone. But this also made me realize that Tom Taylor's working out his X twenty three vibes or or all new Wolverine vibes mm-hmm. through Chaos Kitten and Thylacine. Because I was getting some Laura and kind sure. of Gabby vibes I in the fight with Batman, right? Um, having read those books now, I can make those. You know, <laughs> you judgments. can make it yeah. 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 So, um, but yeah, so they fight and they they really do take it to Batman, um, and Wink, <laughs> yeah. up, who apparently great Wink's a big like fan. Someone's knee connecting with with Batman's chin. Yeah, yeah. and, and again, my, another great joke here is uh, Chaos Kitty's saying. You know, to, to, to keep the dog because De- because uh, Deadshot's going to stay behind. Deadshot's going to take on Batman, so they just to distract them long enough so that they can get away. Right. And because one of the things they find out when they hack into whatever that Deadshot and Harley actually should be pardoned. They actually served their time right. and should be free, and they were being kept as slaves. And their reactions to that was was great actually, and they are. But yeah. uh, she says, uh, you know, keep the dog for self defense. Batman wouldn't hurt, uh, you know, a, a poor defenseless dog. And it actually leads up to just a wonderful moment where you know Deadshot and Batman are fighting, and mm-hmm. Deadshot, you know, being essentially about to be beat, he just says stop. And then we just get to this page where he, he's just cowering behind this little puppy. He's just got the dog in front he's of his like, face, I'm holding a dog. Truce. <laughs> uh-huh. And then and then shows Batman that he's, he's he's pardoned and that he should be let go. Uh, and that the squad, you know, this squad uh, actually yeah, have a... that, that moment though, where he goes, you know, I was pardoned, and Batman's just like, not by me. He's yeah, like, that's not how the law works. No, but well, he still sort of, he still lets him go though. I, it's just a really cool Batman line for me to say because he still ultimately like adheres to it. But uh, you know, Floyd does point out that this squad have a purpose and are actually trying to do something yeah. good. Like you know, maybe give them a chance. That this is not this is not just Amanda Waller's like team uh, doing right. shady jobs for the government. Black ops. Yeah. yeah. So and then it ends on possibly the funniest beat of the whole issue. Yes, uh, if I, I I did like this as well, where Batman's Batmobile's gone because of a uh, was a blink uh, ticket. Uh-huh. Wink. Uh Wink, sorry, not blink, wink. Uh, and he's just standing there, he's like, yeah, I'm not, you've not left. He's like, well, uh, you know, my car's gone, and he explains it, and he's like, do you want me to call you an Uber? And Batman responds with the greatest comeback of all time to that sentence: Do you want me to call you an ambulance? <laughs> No. It's, it's so good and then there's just that panel beat of Deadshot staring at him and then be like great good talk yeah uh, so no very good uh, nice little touch here that I, I I noticed not right away but like sort of when I, I double ticked was at the bottom when it's like the Batmobile like sort of like you know the smoke from the exhaust as it says next you know mm-hmm. Deadshot aims for home yeah. uh, just the little the little speech bubble it's actually winking the Batmobile you know driving somewhere uh, yes. yeah yeah, that's great nice little um, touch I also like the the back and forth between Deadshot and Batman, and just Deadshot's having none of it from him, mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, you brought assassins to my city and all this other stuff, and I reading that going like, yeah, this is a Thursday for you, Bruce. Yeah, like, and 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 you know, Bruce trying to get through to Deadshot with the the mm-hmm. same way he always does with, well, the what kids. about your daughter? And he's like, right. really, you're gonna lecture me about kids? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I like that he goes, you know, you you going on that path has put your daughter in jeopardy, and you should be. And he's like, oh, yeah, like all your Robins? All right, good talk. Like, I just love that Deadshot has zero time for Batman. Yeah. It, uh, he's... Do you know what? You know, we, we know from the solicits and the announcements in, in mm-hmm. previous weeks where this is going for Deadshot. Mm-hmm. And we kind of all wrote off going like, nah, they won't. It's all a fake out. They mm-hmm. announced it so early. The amount of effort they're putting into building up Deadshot in these few yep. issues before it makes yeah. me think maybe, maybe he will. Maybe they'll go through yeah. with it. 
Yeah, I, I, I think it's interesting giving him this much time and the fact that he's kind of left the squad technically right now, but we're clearly still going to follow his story. Is a well, yeah, next time, Deadshot yeah. for home, so it's it's his issue next time, we yeah. assume. I mean, it may, be, well, it may be 50-50, it may be a side plot, uh, it could well be. whatever the team are doing. But... Right, well, and the fact that Bruce knows that Harley and Deadshot did pay their debt and they were supposed to be free, so it makes me wonder if it's going to come up to, you know, Bruce and Ted having some words as well at a certain point. Maybe. Yeah, you know, because they're both rich. Only things that was weird about this issue and the the early part of this issue is that there's no editor's note telling us that. Oh yeah, there was there was a story in in Flash that kind of took place in between. They explained how they got here. Right. I I guess it's just kind of worse if you didn't. Uh, but that issue was a really fun read, so I'd recommend going and checking out. If you didn't read the Flash Annual, which was basically a a Suicide Mm -hmm. Squad Annual, then go go check it out. It was solid. The two of us recommend it. I recommend saving you money, but you know, you do you. Don't listen. Do you know what? First rule of advice on this show is don't listen to Connor. Well, that's the, the 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 best advice I can give you, uh, for enjoying this show. Uh, so no, uh, good. And obviously, redundant are not much to say because it's it's just as consistently great as it's been uh the last couple issues. But particularly good pacing, I think, in this issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the 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 gags and the the visual humor in particular really paying off with the the pacing of of how it's laid out, especially. Yeah, no, really solid stuff. Matt, what are you giving Suicide Squad 6? Uh, I'm giving this a 9. I really enjoyed this issue. Connor? Yeah, it's a 9. I concur, it's also a 9. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a surprise. What a surprise. Alright, Justice League, Dark, issue 23, Ram V writing Kale Hots on the art. Uh, take it away. So we pick oh, up where oh. we were last time, dealing with the, yeah. the parliaments uh, of life. Um, just trying to, you know, convene that. We got um, a good, like, you know, chunk of fight sequences first that we, we got, um, you know, Wonder Woman, uh, Animal Man, and Bobo kind of versus uh, Arcane. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zatanna's out for the count uh, from last issue, and Constantine's kind of trying to look after her during the fight. Right. Yeah, because as, as this issue shows... Zantana's a bigger player in this than we ever imagined. Yeah. That it's almost personal at this point now. Like, um, and that uh, she was kind of condemned from the start, but we'll get, we'll get there. Yeah. yeah. Basically um, the, the parliaments have to reconvene because they're out of balance and that's, what's causing all these problems. And anytime they're out of balance, you know, so they found out that like the flowers have taken over the parliament of the trees because of Floronic man. And, so, you know, they, they get Constantine to do Constantine this, things. This is actually the most traditional Constantine thing I've read mm-hmm. in, 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 like, you know, current well, continuity in a long from, time. From what I understand of the character and how he relates to Swamp Thing, this almost feels like this could have happened in the Alan Moore era, in the, the Vertigo. Swamp oh, yeah, era, definitely. Um, right? Honestly, so, even, even the way um, Kyle Hodge draws Constantine mm-hmm. feels very classic. Well, it, it, that, it feels different in a way that he you know, usually feels a lot cleaner than this now i think yeah and, and we're getting ahead because it also felt like traditional swamp thing like not that swamp thing up to this point hadn't been but there was a different vibe to him this one yeah. felt like you could definitely tell it, it's from that era so, but, the so they yeah so they they go around and they go to that cave where they met with the elementals you know and it seems like the elementals are on the side of of uh fate and they they all agree that they'll 
that each of the avatars will give up their power momentarily so they can get back in the balance. Um, and so, you know, Fate's holding this big tablet. It's super, like, and I don't want to say metal and that, you know, like what's going on with the event, but it's very, it looks like an album cover of him holding that tablet. Oh, sure, the, yeah. See what the energy did. coming from it, right? And so, you know, uh, Animal Man gives his up, his connection to the red, and, you know, they're going through. They make through. Chloronic Man go first. Right. And when they do that, they separate Chloronic Man from the green, and it allows Constantine to do its Constantine bits, which is to jump in to himself, right? Uh, yeah, when instead of Abby giving up the rot, she kind of mm -hmm. channels her power outwards instead and uh, kind of absorbs like Takes a out. little hint of the green and the red that are in there. Right, but she it also takes out the Parliament of Flowers. Like she yeah. uses the rot to fully attack because they don't have an avatar. There's no defense from the rot, which allows Constantine to go into the rot. Yes, right? and he picks and out pull out a seed, the, the seed of what's left. Right, and then we find out that yeah, Alec Holland died, and all that's left is the husk, which is now which cracks me up because my understanding of Swamp Thing was they brought him back where. Under the Vertigo Swamp thing, he was just the memories of Alec Holland. Alec Holland died in the swamp, in that the was, green uh, or whatever. Yeah, that was kind of the, the early stuff of Moore's run. That was kind of right. the of that. Right. And then when they brought him back post-Brightest Day, Blackest Night, in there, he was Alec, Alec Holland again. And he was yes. this avatar that had to, have, had to be rooted in humanity a bit, you know, so the green didn't take full control. Yet now when the stuff with the Upside Down Man and the dark, you know, the Injustice League dark happened, it killed Alec Holland. He's, he's gone. So now that's all that's left is this husk that now has Alec's memories. And Constantine is able to bring him out and essentially regrow him uh, with help from the Parliament, right? Yeah. Uh, and it, and it reestablishes the Parliament of Trees. And it's it's worth noting as well. This is this was Constantine's plan, along with uh, with Abby. Um, she knew about it, but the rest right. of the team uh, didn't Justice know about this plan. They thought they no were idea. going along with the right. Let's create balance and go for it like right. this. You know, the Parliament of Flowers, Florent Man will get his powers back like everyone else, right? Which doesn't, and so and then that causes problems with the other parliaments, like that they were double crossed. But then when they see Swamp Thing come out of there. And the Parliament of Trees retake the, the place of the Parliament of Flowers. It all kind of goes according to plan. Yeah, uh, but and the, the, the rest of the team don't trust John anymore. He's like, no, he, he's not he trusted. He's back to being shady Constantine bollocks. Mm -hmm. Right, which the greater good and all that. Right, greater good and all that. He always says all about Constantine. He is about the greater good most of the time. Sometimes the greater good's himself. Um, yes, it, it, it's the greater good until his own life's on the line, usually. Right, and then it's... And and so, you know, Abby's fine with this now. This is kind of Alec, but not really, but Swamp Thing's back with the team. And then we, we see Zatanna um, dreaming. She's, she's, yeah. she's had the rot inside, so it's been kind of killing her from the inside out. She's been kind of infected, but uh, this has cleared her now um, with what we've been doing. But she kind yeah, of has uh, uh, memories of what happened in there and uh, a dream of it. And, you know, she sees mm -hmm. the, the upside down man. 
Yeah, so so basically, uh, she's dreaming. She remembers the black infecting her mind. In her dream, there she drowns in the ocean. There's nothing but darkness as far as the eye can see. And then you see just the ghastly mouth of upside down man. You just go, the trouble with drowning in darkness is that you never quite know which way is up, and it's upside down. Yeah. It's almost as if, if you remember the stuff with uh, Hecate being the shadow form. Yeah, your mic's going. Um, yeah, yeah, it is very similar to that in the, the other world's illusion. And yeah, images. That's, and that's where the Upside Down Man came from, right? Yeah. It, was, it was the dark reflection of Hecate, that this was, you know, magic in its darkest form. Now that it's it, he's, you know, coming across Zatanna, Thomas says yeah. if they're the alternate. Yeah, because the, the way this final page, the image is framed, mm-hmm. is uh, it's like Upside Down Man is standing on a puddle. Mm-hmm. But on the underneath of the puddle, the reflection is is Zatanna. Right. Uh, it's, again, a, it's a gorgeous image. Which which I was getting at, where she is almost like this has been her... It's almost personal now for the Upside Down Man. With yeah. What happened with her father is that now he has targeted her and almost as like... If... if because... Uh, what's her name? Cersei is still the goddess of magic, right? Yes. It's almost as if he needs an avatar. And just with everything that had happened with this, you know, having the parliaments rebalanced and, you know, kind of there's more order to the magic going forward. It's almost as if he needs someone and now he's targeted Zatanna. And again, I could be completely off, but that's, where that's a, an interesting way of reading it for sure. And right. uh, you, you could be right. So, but we'll see. But no, this issue, it's, you know, this book and, and Hawkman have both been surprises where they've been really consistent. Like, outside of the Wonder Woman, uh, what was that, The Witching Hour? That was a bit messy. Yeah. Um, Justice League Dark's been really consistent. And the stuff that it's doing with magic and building it, it down to... It feels uh, like one of those books that, that, that has benefited from going on for a long time. That's yeah. really building its story, uh, like mm-hmm. long form. Because there's not, like, all these immediate payoffs. Um, there's just a lot of little things that are creeping in really nicely. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm gonna rate this between the art, which is super shadowy and dark, and like you're really saying, really scratchy is what I'd yeah. use. Yeah, and and it feels like it is from that Vertigo era, and I, I feel like the stuff that at play here that was intentional. Um, but I'm gonna give this an eight point five. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna agree with eight point five. That's really good. Yeah. Alrighty. Jimmy Olsen, number eleven, Matt Fraction rating with Steve Lieber on the art. Take it away. Uh, so, this is probably the quickest I've ever read Jimmy Olsen. There's there's not a lot of cutting into the different stories because he's Fraction is starting to tie up a lot of these loose ends. Uh, yeah, some funny here. talk about how he's going to tie it up towards the end. Yeah, to get to that, of course. But Jimmy <laughs> Jimmy ends up, you know, where where he had went from the last issue. He sold the ship and flew off and left right. them all on the rooftop. And, and so they're fending for themselves. So we see them at a certain point. They're running out of food. You know, the, the, the you know, warlord alien is calling for his wife. Uh, and, you know, Jix is trying to come up with, you know, how we're going to solve this. And the, the professor says that, you know, they need to know where Jimmy went because he cowardly cut off. But he knows he's in Metropolis because he has an Olsen detector. Yes, and it will tell him exactly where Jimmy is. Because it's keyed into his his genetics. Yeah. 
and that Jimmy's in Metropolis. But we see Jimmy go to this alien race who only believes in fairness. The, the scrub, that's what they're called. The, the, the scrub, and that because it's up to Jix on who she wants to marry, and that Jimmy and her were already married, and that it's very unfair that this warlord's come to Earth to take her. They don't like hearing that. And so when Jimmy shows back up, it's with this alien race. I, I love that this alien when they're cross like when they're they're, they're going through what happened. Mm -hmm. So Jimmy's saying, you know, we, you know, fair's fair, and you know, I was married mm -hmm. to her first. And, and he's like, oh, indeed, Jimical Olsen of Earth. He calls him a few different names as he goes on. Yeah. Continuing that gag, which is great. Right. He's like, yeah, fair is fair. No take backs is indeed fair. But did you call no backsies or any fingers uh -huh. crossed? Or was it opposite day? I'm like, uh -huh. what is going on? Yeah. They, they have a set of rules, the, the scrub. And, yeah. and we get that later with the no backsies because he yells no backsies are called when he yeah. attacks the warlord. So, uh, so you like all that. And then we get with uh, the porcadillo. And Corrigan, not that Corrigan, but a different one. Um, I love that. that yeah, there's there's these two Metropolis detectives that Corrigan's like, you need to talk to him. He has information on who's trying to kill Jimmy Olsen. And both of these nameless detectives are like, well, how can we believe this guy? And he's really trying to sell That's Julian Olsen up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like we can't we can't be having this. So you feel like there's. Something up with these detectives, and you see and, one of the detectives make a call. They're like, "Well, we don't really want to cross Julian Olson, and we, and we don't right. really want to cross Lex Luthor." Right. So, right. no. And, and it ends with one of them going to phone the boss, but it, you know, it, it's like, "Well, which one is the boss, right? right. Julian or Lex?" Is is the way it leaves this. Mm -hmm. And and Superman shows up to have a talk with the, yeah, the crooked uh, detective. The ending of this story, because um, we cut all the way back around to it later, mm -hmm. um, with. Because a lot of the, you know, most issues of Jimmy Olsen, every time we cut to a new thing, has had right. the full classic, like, Silver Age introduction panel right. wall of text. And most of these don't actually have it in right. this issue until near the yeah. end. Right. And this one does. It's quite funny. It's like, oh, oh you saw this this sweaty, nameless detective earlier, but he was merely a sweaty, nameless detective in someone else's chapter. But now he's got his own thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. and we see it's, it's Lex that he was found. Right, he's found Lex, and Lex has Julian Olsen basically dead to rights, going, I know exactly what you did. And you see, is it Julian or Lex that's holding the lion the, of Metropolis? Uh, uh, I think Lex gives it to Julian to hold. And he so holds he it. And, and as we learned in the last issue, that's the reason that the family's penniless at this point, or the trust is, and that you got to kill Jimmy to get the money because Julian does have noble, you know, he has a noble mission in saving Metropolis from Lex Luthor. It's just him trying to get money to do so. Is he's crossed that line? Yeah. And well, there's some uh, Mike all this great action in this mm -hmm. issue because obviously, so Jimmy arrives with his army of scrubs. Yep. But then he he calls in reinforcements. He calls in everyone he knows. Uh, so we get more Metamorpho show up, and you know we get uh, Metamorpho Olsen. Metamorpho Olsen, there it is. Yeah. And um, but then we get pretty much everyone else who's been in all the issues, mm -hmm. and that's what all the the caption boxes are like. Telling us how you know, all, all these people who you know have been in eleven random issues, yeah. this, this weird journey. We don't want to call it a crisis, but I mean it's a bit of a crisis, it, and they use it, the crisis font. Crisis font, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and we uh, see the Newsboy Legion and all of the different Jimmies that we saw in that one issue. You know the 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 reign of the Olsons, yeah, and whatnot. It's it's great, and there's, there's kind of a a page where we see 
you know, all the different multiverse versions of Jimmy. You know, there's a, there's a Hawkman Jimmy, Guy Gardner Jimmy. It's yep. all these things. It's great. Um, the kind of the, the crisis of infinite Olsen's kind of vibe, right? But so this leads up in in faction and and Libra are aware of this because then we get to how possibly can we tie up all of these threads into one last issue? And yeah, so you'll notice we only have twenty six pages, including this one, to wrap up all of this nonsense. Right, and we we still don't know why there's two Jimmys, right? There's one that was reading in Metropolis while he was off planet, as we know that he was doing that. Yep. Unless they're going to play with the timeline even a little bit more. From Which I wouldn't put it past him at this point. No. Um, and and we're going to have to how the family's going to deal with with Julian putting a hit out on because they even bring up well, what about the, you know, the uh genetically altered duplicate right and he's like well no that that's different we're, we're not destroyed that. Yeah. that was destroyed we're, we're fine so you know fraction is cleaning stuff up so i'm i am curious to see where this all leads to yeah. but yeah just it was really quick because we get a lot of the pages of seeing all of all the aliens and all the characters that we've seen yeah there's throughout. a lot of show back action in this mm -hmm. issue more than any other um right but it's a, it's a blast to read yep yep uh and lieber's art is is still Fantastic. And like you said, we saw all the different versions of Jimmy on that one page. We get the the detectives and Superman. Lieber draws a great Superman. You know, he's yeah. not in this a lot, but when, when he does he show up, you notice And, and that's the ending here is Superman being like, I, I think it's time for, for me to step in here and give Jimmy a hand. Yep, because he is Superman's pal. Yeah. Right. And I think this issue was called Everybody's Pal, Jimmy Olsen, which I thought was a nice touch. Yeah, yeah that was because of what it means. But yeah, no. Um, I'm just like Lois. This is really coming around. Can't believe we're we're almost done with both of them. No, just uh, one more issue. Just one more issue a piece. So, what you rating this one, Connor? Uh, it's a solid eight for me. Oh yeah, me too. Uh, I already eight. I don't like when we line up because our scales are so different. I know. And it, it it leads more credence to yours when we line up. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. But yeah, Jimmy Olsen eight. I should love it actually, Matt. I think I'll find. Yeah, I know, but I said the issue is an eight. Oh, all right, all right. I'll take my dumb joke and go home. Yeah, uh, bye. Batman: The Smell Killer, issue one, written by Jeff Lemire, art by Andrea Sorrentino. This is uh, our, our follow-up to Joker Killer Smell, and it is set in the same world. And yes, and may not be the last of it. And no, it says the end question mark at the end. Uh, the best way I could describe this is by giving you the synopsis to an episode of the hit television show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Damn it. <laughs> I was, was going to yell Scrubs, but I didn't want to yell over Pete. Yeah. So. Uh, and now you don't want to yell over Pete. Yeah. Well, because there's an episode of season... I won't get too much into it, but there's an episode of season six of Buffy where it tries to convince her that she's been in an asylum the whole time and all of her actual slaying do, do, stuff do you know is all... Is, is particularly frustrating here is you could have been really on on brand and gone with the smallville episode that did this why would i remember the smallville did this i, I didn't know that on, on brand for this show i don't remember i don't even is that a later season episode uh it's in like the, the back half i don't know exactly how late he gets rescued by martian manhunter yeah i don't remember any of this crap like no i don't remember because the show was terrible I hate how many episodes of that show I, I remember distinctly. 
how, how does one define a waste of time? Connor watched all ten seasons of Smallville <laughs> and remembers them all. All right, Smile Killer, man. Yes. So I completely. I'm just gonna say I completely whiffed on Connor not reading because the stuff that I thought he did not read so far. I've read all three okay. of those. Yeah, it has to be plunge. Yeah, no. It has to be plunge. It's the only thing left. Oh. Oh. This is the worst. Even those only two issues left. But anyway, uh, so the Smile Killer uh, is. Starts off with the idea of a young Bruce Wayne uh, watching this, you know, the the, 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 the character from the, the first, you know, the, the, the story character from the book, from the main yeah. story. Mr. Uh, Smiles. Mr. Smiles, that's it. And basically it, trying to convince Bruce to uh, stab himself in the eye with a pair of scissors because he did the wrong thing. Uh, really dark stuff. Dark. Yeah. Uh, we sort of come back to that, but I want to say just how gorgeous the the pages of Batman meeting up with Gordon look like all that stuff from Sorrentino is oh, that's so good. You know, um, those early pages, Joe, you know, I was reminded of when I was reading them as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first season of uh, yeah, Child, Child Zero. Zero, yeah, I knew you were going to say that Child Zero, yeah, it's very Candle Cove, uh, but. Yeah, just the gorgeous reds, the the bat, even just the the awful image of like him getting this like butcher shop and there's like dead bodies in the display, like you know Joker's like and Batman's yeah. beating himself up because he's failed to stop the Joker again. All wonderful stuff, um, and he sees this drawing that the Joker's left behind of Mister Smiles, and it kind of triggers this thing, uh, and we get more of the flashback of like Bruce, you know, and again how how real is this flashback? I would debate given the context of the whole story, but. Uh, but the point being is that in this fake world, uh, or real, depending if you want to argue that this is all going to be true, <laughs> uh, is so this, an argument for it. this memory of, of Bruce watching the show, which never existed you know, when, he, when Martha takes him to psychiatry. Which, it's worth mentioning, this house that Bruce is in does not look like a mansion. This looks like a normal-sized apartment or it, something like that. It's absolutely a normal-sized yeah. house. You know, you can see, you know, like, even just stuff like the, the curtain or the sofa, it's, it's very normal. The yeah. Carpet. Uh, and in the present day stuff, Batman goes to find the Joker at this this TV studio, uh, presumably where this is filmed. This this potential show is filmed, and uh, Joker like stabs him with a pair of scissors, notably. Yeah, uh, it's a gorgeous uh, page as well. Uh, him jumping with a bright light, sort of. Oh, it's so good. Blinding Batman, really good stuff. Did did, did you read this, Matt? You didn't read the main book, did you? No, but I, I yeah. just you know. I, I think Matt read the first issue of yeah. the the other one. Yeah. I wasn't a big fan. But this is where the sort of turn happens where and it does a little some some Joker gas here, which really explains probably why this is just, you know, what 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 you probably think it is. But is then Batman is in Arkham and he's in the cell next to the main character from Killer Smile. Yeah. Uh Ben, I wanna say. Yeah. And it's basically like, you know, the idea is that Batman's not real. He's been in this cell in Arkham. Uh the, the head doctor's doctor, you know, Jim Gordon. Uh like everything he's believed that he is is a lie. And it kind of ties into, you know, the, the twist with the, the main book was that this guy actually hadn't been with his family in a long time and that the Joker gets in your head and, you know, Mr. Smiles isn't necessarily a real Joker. It's not a real person, a real entity. It's this, 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 this sickness, this thing that gets into you. Uh, really interesting sort of tactic to take here. And, you know, we get these scenes where Bruce is trying to convince Gordon of who he is and what's going on. And Gordon's the, the psychiatrist in this yeah. book. And then he brings in Martha to talk to him, and it's like, no, your parents aren't dead. Here's your mum. She's here to talk to you. 
and it and really tries to convince you. And, but, uh, you listen, learn what he what he did as a kid that, that got him committed in the first place. Yeah, yeah, he's he's the one who shot his father. His, his parents didn't die in an alley, but he shot him. But this was actually the moment. Like, I was already thinking of that Buffy episode, but there's a specific scene in that Buffy episode where the parents come in, and it includes Buffy's dad, who's been gone on the show. Like, you know, he's never been really a factor. But it's that idea that no, no, no. Like, even your parental situation is different from what you've been believing it to be in the the core story. Uh, so and he's even got like uh, clown makeup on when he shoots his dad. Yeah, and this is you know, Mister T- Mister Smiles told him to do it. Yeah, and it's very similar again to what Ben was going to do in the main story. Like when he was going to kill his family, he was wearing clown makeup. So yeah. it's really sort of branching them together with this cool like individual idea. And it was actually there's a page here where uh, he's in the cell and it's like completely like it's like a reverse silhouette where he's white and the background's all black. Uh, but it's it's got this like. Uh, upside down thing as well we're underneath this like the underworld of it is like what he really thinks he is which is batman in the but moonlight it but, feels really unsettling because it's on a slant yeah but what i was going to point out here is the coloring in the batman half of it where it's actually you know not just i mean it's kind of silhouette actually it's, it's like real silhouette as opposed to just like you know block colors in the top half but is that the coloring of that looks really year one to me very batman year one if you think of uh like some of the, the covers to the trades and stuff of Batman Year One. I was getting some serious Year One vibes uh, from uh, that. Let me just rotate my screen and look at it the right way up. Yeah, I can see what you're looking at. Yeah, very the, Year One. The, 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 the deep red yeah. and the blacks. Yeah, I can see it. Uh, but basically he begs Ben, like, hey... No, he doesn't say hey, because that's not very Bruce Wayne, especially not a Bruce Wayne in the insane asylum, trying to convince himself that he's not actually crazy. But he says to Ben, look... If this is if this is false, you know I'm actually starting to doubt who I am because my whole thing is that I don't doubt that I'm Batman, but I'm starting to doubt it. So if you could just give me a hint, if this is actually all a facade, if this is the Joker behind this, if there's something to this, give me a hint. And he sort of gets it. He breaks he, out. Yeah, he gets the hint. Um, just just enough of his reaction and holding up the uh the the Mister Smiles thing. It's like you can almost see Bruce smelling it, but you can't really. It's just because it's completely black, and it's just this, you know, and he's, he's got a complete shadow. But you can almost see the sm- the smirk, so because he knows, like, no, I'm not crazy. This is yeah. this is the Joker's bullshit. I'm going to get out of this somehow, some way. And he escapes. Yeah, he breaks out. We get the, the, the again the harsh white and black uh, as he jumps out the window, and he's in the rain. Um, it looks like the sort of image that you get in the opening titles for a Bond film. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, the the harsh, the harsh black and white. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. That, but like that panel of him crashing through. Yeah, I was, uh, I was going to say glass. it's more Shawshank when he gets out and the rain's hitting him. But <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I just yeah. meant the the silhouette panel. But the final page, I love this final page because it doesn't give you a, a, an answer. He says, "I know who I am," and obviously we want to believe that he's Batman and all that. But he's, like, I'm going to look for a sign, and he looks up into the sky and sees the bat signal, and he smiles and he runs into the night. But then the bottom of the page is we see the same shot again of the sky, but there's no bat signal, and it's like. Was he just seeing that, or did it turn off? And it's like, you know, it says the end question mark. So, um, this doesn't necessarily need to have any more. Like, this could just be a nice ambiguous ending, and we can kind of like, you know, take it as it is and have some fun speculating. Like, you know, what if he is just crazy? What if he is just in the asylum? I think the the beautiful thing about this, with it just being a separate Elseworlds, essentially, uh, I don't mm-hmm. know that they're not they're not using that term because it's you know black lay black. Ah, we always use Elseworlds for these yeah. things. Um, this can be a a world without Batman and Bruce Wayne mm. is completely deluded. That is a complete plausible reading of this particular version. Yeah. Well, the reason why it works and the reason why it worked in Buffy is this idea that 
oh as a coping mechanism you you've created this world where you're a hero where you're this this great central figure who can do anything and you know batman as matt will often attest you know batman's too powerful he can do anything blah 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 uh and this kind of plays on that in a weird meta way where it's like you know what if this is all just the fantasy of you because you, ha- you can't deal with the fact of what you did as a child uh it's just fascinating uh and of course the art is gorgeous from start to finish uh yeah it's a great read yeah no i love this this was, this was it, wonderful the, the gorgeous the, uh, the the widescreen format as they've been calling it in the prestige books mm-hmm. Um, I, I got this physically, and they, they they give it a sewn bounding and everything. Like it's Ooh. it's not glued in at most books. Wow. It's really high quality. Uh, it was the same with the the Green Lantern uh, thing. That was a, a sewn binding as well. Interesting. That's a relatively new thing they're doing then for these bigger, thicker these books. Prestige yeah. ones, yeah. Uh, so no, I. Yeah, I loved this. This was this was fantastic. This was a really great, and the great thing about it is that you don't even need to have read the uh, the miniseries to, to for this to work on its own. Yeah, I think when when this was announced, we thought, oh, this is just a sequel to that in mm. every way, and it, it is it, in in reality, but it functions really well as a standalone. Because I think we were questioning why not just make this issue four. It kind of feels a bit shitty in in a lot of ways to go. Here's a new number one for people to pick up because they'll pick it up just because it's number one if they'd missed the previous series um but i think they'll if if those people did pick this up they'll probably still enjoy this maybe not quite as much but they'll still enjoy it yeah uh no wonderful are we giving it uh, it's a 8.5 for me am we giving it a nine uh, i think it's i think it's up there it's uh starting to look at and uh is a really nice you know spin on the batman's psyche i suppose to, to put it that way uh so there you go that is uh batman the smile killer so uh sticking with black label uh we have two black label books here uh plunge issue four the joe hill writing with sure eminent on the art uh this is i'm taking a confused space at me why are you making yeah, does hell house count as black label i think technically it is it does technically label. yeah it's, it's really it's black label is the <laughs> the overall thing and then hill house is the specific yeah, like the uh, oh man i never even considered them black label yeah i mean yeah. they say black label on them yeah, yeah but it shows how much i pay attention yeah. <laughs> yes these True. are technically black label i mean i know they're specifically yeah. hill house but uh yeah yeah so i got confused it's like what did i forget to read it, it was a fair segue as much as i hate to give him credit no that's fine i just you know i don't think of them like that house is its own thing Anyway, yeah. so this is uh, we, you know, we had the 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 stone that they all want. Uh, you know, the, the four people who mm-hmm. go to get it, only one is alive now because those were killed for it. Minus an eye. On Minus top an of eye. It. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, and we, you know, we have the 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 Walkman that reads minds and so on. Basically, uh, we get this idea here that these aliens, which are inside these bodies, which see themselves mm-hmm. as one entity, not separate people. Uh, we see it crawling through their eyes and all that and through their eye sockets Uh, they want basically the humans to go on a dive for them to basically get their their, their, it's like a lifeboat that can take them back out of space they just want to leave they claim that they just want to leave and they'll leave them alone if they do this for them so there's an escape hatch they say but that escape hatch is it's covered with this type of stuff which then it reminded me of Dollhouse Family the Mm -hmm. stuff that could hurt the the main creature right it's got this weird like almost gaelic or celtic name but it they can't touch it that's why they need the humans 
Uh, and then some of the other people who are really pissed about what they did are like, wait, are we just watched them have a crew member, you know, uh, t- crew members tear each other apart. Yeah, multiple Basically markers. just to show, Yeah, you know, like, well, why are we going to help them? And immediately the corporate guy is like, hey, we'll, uh, the company will pay a high price for these things you've shown us. Uh, this is all great yeah. stuff. Uh, so of course the other characters are going, you know, are absolutely batshit insane and mad at him he, for the this. Yeah, he out Paul Reiser. Paul Reiser. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's, he's out Paul Reisering. You're right. Uh, so basically, they make they give them this kind of offer, and the captain's like, you know, piss off. But no, no way we're ever doing that for you. Um, and ultimately, it's like, yeah, oh, we'll give you a day to decide, kind of thing. And mm-hmm. we'll let you go back well, to your boat because, as they established before, there's giant versions. These creatures that are controlling these people, there's the giant yeah. ones in the water that can just tear the boat in half. So if they try to flee or leave on the boat, right? Like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, because they also the the bug creatures, you know, the centipedes, were uh, basically they they tried to get the captain of the Durlith to do this, and she wouldn't. Um, and that's where they end up sending her adrift. Yeah, almost. So, so they would, you know, it would bring more attention. And that ties that people. ties back into the start of the story because we saw that the the captain yep. adrift right. uh, separately. And that we see them infect one of the crew members. It was the doctor uh, on the ship, the nurse, and they try to infect one of the brothers, but it can't. Uh, there says that he's unclean. Yeah, because they basically say that, well, if you're not going to do what we want, we might as well make use of you another way. And they, they infect the doctor, and he's like, no, you're not talking to me anymore. You're talking to us. You're talking to Them. this entity. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the other guy, like, the, the, the sort of, the, he's talking back a lot. He's very angry with this yeah. issue. He, he can't be infected. He spits it back out. Right. He doesn't take. And it turns out later on, they talk about the, the mushroom tea that he made a yeah. couple of issues ago. It's made whoever drank that, like, immune to being taken over. So... Right. You know, it's a little bit the thing, a little bit body snatchers, little, you know, it's, there's it's, a bit of all these I things. I love this book. And the fact that Connor's so quiet means this is the book and I've never been more wrong. So, uh, I mean, this is the me, book he dropped. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, Pete, you say, oh, there's only two issues left. But I didn't read this one. So it was three issues. Sure. Um, so it was, it was halfway, halfway for me. Um, it was after not really enjoying the last issue that much. Uh, and a combination of that and feeling <clears> quite <throat> disappointed by the back half of Basketball of Heads with, with there that went. Maybe just feel, and like and that on top of having you know nine other books, one of them being a hundred pages this week, I was just like, Joe, I, 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 I mean that's fair, but this is one of my favorite things I'm reading right now, and it's it's gonna read so much better yeah. trade. Yeah, I'm still it was so funny about this to me is that it. Joe, Joe Hill's two books are my two favorite of the Hill House books still. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> that one that was that, that, that we didn't read at all. Oh sure. The first. Um, they're, they're, they're probably my least favorite ones, weirdly. Well, that's a taste yeah. thing, obviously, but uh, um, here we are. But they get they get back to the ship and they they realize that the the stuff that they have that's in the vial is going to yes. be worth a that, lot. That, that was the me. third uh, like gift. That yeah. was like this vial of stuff, which turns out that you can find it in like the the belt of Jupiter, but you can't find right. it on Earth. And he, the, the, the 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 corporate guy says you can literally power the entire country for like a hundred years with this you know that's this that's this, this, this one vial this would power right. and it's and it's really stable so they don't have to worry but if they need to it will blow up like under the right conditions uh, yeah because he mentions it's like the most powerful nuke ever potentially like in, yeah. a, in a bottle and he's like don't drop it he's like no no don't worry it's completely stable you'd have to right. you'd have to bomb it to turn it into a bomb essentially is what he says yep. and so and then we get to the captain 
again, he's like, no, we're, we got one of these guys. He's like, what do you mean? He goes to the body bag for the, the body that they found. Yeah, it's the that, one that was that in, fired yeah. the ship. Yeah. And he basically puts it to headlock and is like, all right, you're going to tell us everything you can. Which now means that if they're a hive mind, they're well aware of all this already. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, well, I think the most interesting stuff for me, uh, you know, outside of obviously talking about this this, this substance mm-hmm. and what they can do with it, right. is that as soon as they get back to the ship, they're all in agreement. No, we're not doing what they want. We're not. Right. Because A, they, we're can not just, down there. they can just kill us afterwards. We have no idea mm-hmm. if they really want to go home or if they actually want to like do something you know malicious to the planet or us or whatever um but they're all in agreement we're we're in a bit of a hard place we don't know what exactly what to do but i love that they're all in unison except of course the corporate guy who is the the odd one out right uh but very i I love all that that debating for for me like debating once they're in this situation like i think issue two i think it was was the one that felt a bit wacky and it was it, it added so much so quick it was like man what's going on in this book now, now that we've got down. yeah, now that we've slowed down, we've got context, and the characters are actually trying to debate what they should do based on what's going on. Um, it, it's working really well, and I, you know, I think it's true that this will read even better in trade. Like once you have it all together, and you can just yep, go yep. through it as one story. So it's, I really enjoy it. Like yeah, this is the same feeling I get when I read Brubaker books, mm-hmm. right? They're like, oh yeah, this, these are all good by themselves as a piece, but when you can sit down and read them all in like almost one sitting. It it just makes it flow. Yeah, because it the captain like pulls the the, the corpse out of the body bag is like talk effort mm-hmm. and the guy like sort of like, ooh right. like sort of groans. Uh, right. That's essentially the cliffhanger to the end of the issue. But there is actually one more page, and the reason why I say that that page is still the cliffhanger is because this final page doesn't make any sense to us because it's all right. in Russian. But it goes to a right. Russian base and they're yelling at each other, but they're seeing stuff on the radar. So they're clearly it's implying that okay, the Russians they're aware. are aware. Yeah, they're coming. But, well, because we also got that tidal wave from the first issue yeah that really hasn't been explained um and i'm wondering i'm wondering if an explosion that caused from something that they do is what causes that massive tidal wave Mm. um and just how how it all plays out but no i i am really enjoying this but this is definitely my favorite hell house book this is this Um, is begging for a nice low budget like straight to netflix movie adaptation yep almost i don't want to say the lower budget the better but i don't need this with that sheen i wanted to have a little bit of griminess yeah um i i explained on on twitter as i finished reading this issue it is a lost john carpenter movie like down to the characters i feel like i feel the captain's kurt russell right like, I mean, I mean, that, he that's he his kind of, character he is he kind of is yeah <laughs> you know i feel, feel the gruffness there and just each of the characters and i did love basketball of heads it didn't quite stick the landing exactly i still really enjoyed it um but yeah so far the hill house books outside of daphne burn i have liked all to varying degrees you know um this one just really up there this is exactly my kind of jam so uh yeah no i, yeah, I guess we should rate it yeah everyone's art still just good just to touch on yeah. that i know it's obviously it's this weird thing where it's been consistent every issue when but... it when those bugs came out of the dude's mouth i, know, it looks I so gasped good. at work and my coworkers went what i'm like it's something i'm reading don't worry about it like uh i I do the same i've been listening to a show um that's an audio drama and i got to the very last episode and they revealed something and i yelled oh holy shit to Uh, to the audio drama you say yeah yeah, it's called uh side side note it's called the angel of vine and it's produced by uh joe manganiello and it's a true crime style uh podcast but it's a fictional event told through these tapes that a family had found 
So the guy that's putting together the podcast. I got um, I got a little bit less interested there when you when it was the true crime style. Yeah, so it, it's done in that style where he's he's going over the tapes that have been found from this. So it's all like interview PI. tapes and stuff. No, so it's a bit of a, a reach to how they they got there. That he had this like portable. He was really into technology. So Joe Manganiello's character, is, uh, a character named Hank, who's a, a police detective. He's a well now he's a private eye. He was always on the vanguard. So he got like the first like portable recorder. That you know it had this really thin tape that you could put in in your watch. And so he it always it's how they always record him. And when he goes to record people. Um, sure. but yeah, but he, he passes away. He wasn't close with his family. His granddaughter and daughter find the tapes and they tell this guy who's investigating the angel of Ion, who's this black Dahlia esque. It's, it's about five hours. I went through it this entire week at work, but we get to the final where stuff's revealed and it's just like, Oh man, they went places. I really enjoyed it. So people are listening to this at this point, if this doesn't get cut, um, yeah, I, I, I just don't want to hear any complaints about the show being long. Between this and the sports yeah. talk and the other book, I don't want any complaints. Oh, I mean, sorry, uh, first, two added minutes in. A, a minute of each thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway. So. So, um, uh, rating yep, plunge. I, I'm, giving, I'm giving this a nine. I really enjoyed it. Stop, slow down a little bit. Uh, the art's still still top-notch. Yeah, uh, I don't know quite uh, how I'm going to give it a solid eight, uh, but I'm liking what it's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, so I'm still looking forward to it uh, every every month that it comes out. Uh, so and it's going to be the last book standing from the whole Hell House line because uh, that you know the other one's ending. Speaking of which, the Little Woods issue six, Carmen Maria Mikado, uh, writing with Danny Strips on the art. Uh, final issue here, and I think this issue suffers a little bit from kind of just rushing through a conclusion is because it feels like the pacing in this is so different to every other issue in this book it felt like it needed another issue yeah or two i think it's it's frustrating because i like everything that is in here mm-hmm. like i do like all of the beats i just do feel like no, we need another issue want, to pace this out inconsistently with the rest of the book more time for l and v to process this and to make the decision you know what they choose to do and how it ends up in even before started to think even before we get to that point though i have a problem with just how quickly they run into this party and like save the girls and like punch the guys like it feels like a three-page like action sequence when it feels like Mm -hmm. there should be some tension of them like sneaking in or like seeing how difficult it's going to be or whatever but it's just such a almost a nothing moment of them just running in and whacking them and and then and then the ultimate you know uh resolution of what, what they end up doing and how they banish almost these people you know, it's just this book was so good up to this point, and it's just it's very rushed ending. Um, because it doesn't quite stick. I, I, I like the idea. I like the idea. They, they, you know, they have the the mushrooms that make you remember. They have the the right. the, the, the you know the whatever that makes you forget. And right. they give people choices. They make bottles of like if you want to forget, you drink this. If you want to remember, mm-hmm. you drink this. Um, and they give everyone a choice. And there's, there's, there's like a throwaway line at one point where they say in the narration, like, some people claimed they could tell which women had been, you know, woken up and which uh-huh. ones were still asleep. And I was like, that is a fascinating, like, new status quo to explore. Like, please spend some time yeah. on that idea. Uh, uh, it's, it's almost worthy of a sequel it idea, is. almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, so maybe, I mean, if, if it comes out there is a sequel to this book in the works, that would negate at least yeah. my concern with that. It's just, it's just, some, that part. Some, something as simple yeah. as like, 
you know, do, do the women who have taken the drug to remember, do they look down the ones who have chosen to forget? Is there some kind of weird, like, like right. line that's been drawn there? Uh, or, you know, and then do we sort versa? of, yeah, do we extrapolate right. that into, like, sort of, like, talking about people who have chosen to speak out about something and those who have, who have not been able to speak out? Like, like, there's a lot of, like, thematic things and the metaphors you could take from that, uh, which, you know, always timely but super timely in these last couple of weeks with this the speaking out movement especially specifically in the comics industry uh yeah so you know i i do feel like it rushes through some of this stuff here at the end and i i i thought that was a bit of a shame i felt like i, I zoomed through this book so quickly and i was like oh well it's done already okay yeah, yeah. Uh, it is my biggest disappointment because like i say i like all of the beats i don't think there is any moment in this issue that i dislike no, um, I don't like that we didn't get a lot of time with it though. I felt like it, you're just breezing past things, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Like I want, I want to see them go. Like Pete was saying, sneak in and how they're gonna deal with the boys because you don't, you don't necessarily want yeah. a, a face-on confrontation. So an issue of them sneaking up there, knowing that what they're doing is, is you know like the the fate of the town rests on them being successful yeah because there's a really dark moment where that that one creepy guy from the you know back from issue one the movie theater where he kind of smells out and says hey you you know he says something like oh you begged to forget you know last time i did this to you or something like that you know it's really sick and icky but like after that the guys are kind of gone and it's it's the mutilated men who you know that have been punished and then Mm -hmm. the 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 various animals of the 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 women who who have transformed like yeah like it gets to that so quickly that I really wish it was more of a, more of a challenge to actually you know go in and fight in the first place. But uh, mm-hmm. so that was kind of a that, and then just the, the rushing through all the ideas from from later on, uh, is, is my thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I mean, obviously it doesn't betray any of the ideas that it had. It doesn't like step away from anything or make any big missteps in terms of what the story is. It just it needed more room to breathe. Uh, yeah, is is, is yeah. the thing. It's a little frustrating, a little disappointing. Yeah. No. Uh, far from the worst ending of anything I've ever read either. So, you know, it's not it's not a damning thing that uh-uh. ruins the book overall. Yeah, I guess that's not a bad thing when you say it left you wanting more in that way because you wanted them to decompress, you know, because nothing's really missing. It's just all slammed together. So. Yeah, and there's kind of a, an ambiguous element to the ending where you don't know which bottle they're taking because they make a choice between the two bottles, yeah. but it, it purposely hides it uh, in silhouette. And then, you know, they're just lying there together. And you, you don't know if they've chosen to remember everything and go forward there's with a, it. There's, a, there's an implication, I would say, that they did choose to remember. Because um, they, they talk about how uh, the bells, you know, where the when when you're ringing the bells get a rest and you know there's this awareness mm-hmm. of it mm. um well and they also use the metaphor of the lamps of the slaughter yeah and then they right. kind of bring this up at the end after they've taken it yeah and that was the other part that really hit home with all the real stuff in the world is when they said that no one in the town was surprised that all these accusations of what would happen with the boys came out uh they, they already knew it was worse they already mm-hmm. knew and this was just like yeah. oh they got caught so it was um how they'd been careless yeah the, the lesson was not don't do what they did it was don't get caught yeah so yeah i mean obviously it's still very topical it's still very hard hitting and a lot of it steams in what it's doing mm-hmm. uh, but from a story... you still see all the, the the final page it kind of it pans down mm. underground and shows you all the, the monsters are still under there 
Yeah. Just un just under the surface, wait. Yeah, nothing's gone, nothing's been fixed or solved, yeah. Which again is very true to form and that's that's a fine ending. Uh I just wish I had more time in this last yeah. mm -hmm. just to really Me too. breathe and I just, I really think ideas. Just, just needed to be seven issues instead of six. Yeah. Uh, I, I think all of the stuff about what happened after they won the fight should have been an issue seven, and the the entire like yeah. encounter of how they won should have been yeah. issue six. But hey, uh, uh, that's the that's the final issue, Matt. What are you giving it? Uh, I'm gonna give this a eight because again, it's it's all I didn't hate anything or dislike. I just you know wanted more. Connor, I'm gonna give it a, a six point five just because it's I do like everything that's there. Just a little, little rushed. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm leaning more toward. I'll probably go with a seven. Uh, I think still good. Still, mm -hmm. still things in there that obviously mm -hmm. pay off what we were doing. But I, I just uh, wish, wish there was some, some breathing room. So there you go. Uh, so that actually was the last book of the week, unless I'm mm -hmm. forgetting something. But I don't think I did because uh, I did last not, week. Not, not this week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is why I mentioned that because we had to. And, if, and if you did, I wouldn't say anything. I listen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never making that mistake again, Matt. Uh, that was you get that once. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that is like the part of the show where we pick our favorites of the week, do our favorite panel slash moment, uh, favorite cover, favorite art, and uh, of course top five books. So uh, we'll start off with panel slash moment and i'll jump in first because I, I really want to go with something from uh uh green Lantern. i want to go with something with the alan scott story uh but it's mother shark mother shark <laughs> i love that two page spread baby okay. <laughs> that's so good uh, Do you know, when, when pete jumps in i always think oh it's because he wants to nab the good one first but yeah so, uh, hey there's tons of good like, that's that's fine i don't think me and matt no. are ever gonna pick that there's tons, tons no. of good ones suicide squad that i could have picked too uh but uh all right Matt, what's your panel slash moment? It it's the 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 bugs coming out of that dude's face in plunge. Mm. Again, anything that can elicit a vocal response from me, I it's gotta gotta be on here. All right, Connor. Uh, the final four panels of Suicide Squad. That's totally mm. fair. Fair enough. Uh, that's totally fair. Um, all right, cover of the week. Damn it, I didn't look at covers in advance. <laughs> well, I actually just picked mine, I think. I'm, I'm going with one of the Green Lantern covers. I think it's the Nicholas Scott one with all the Green Lanterns uh, yeah. in the rows. Legacy. I, yeah, I'm picking that one. It looks so yeah. good. And I like this subtle touch that they used the Alan Scott Green Lantern font and logo for the title mm -hmm. in that one, because that was, he was yeah, first. Yeah, those are the Golden Age um, covers that they've been using when they put together the, like, the Omnis. Mm -hmm. So that, that would make sense. Yeah, so yeah, uh, the Nicholas Scott uh, cover for Green Lantern for me. Matt? Uh, mine's the Liam Sharp Green Lantern cover. I said it when these first got announced, whatever cover that is, that's the one I'm going to get. <laughs> and I followed through. So that is such a cool, you know, Star Wars-esque, if you will, almost Drew Struzan style poster. It's got everybody represented. So, yeah. All right, Connor? Uh, I'm going to agree. It's uh, with, with Matt there. The, the Green Lantern, the, the sharp one. Also, the cover I got. Yeah, uh, cool. you have good taste, for the most part. I, I debate Connor's taste, but yeah. For, yeah, I know. That's what I said for the most part. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, take us on to best art of the week, Matt. What are you uh, going with? So, I, I had it narrowed down. It was either Plunge or Suicide Squad. And because I gave the the, you know, the one to Plunge for the moment, I'm going to go with Redondo for Suicide Squad. 
Yeah, I actually, I mean, Suicide Squad was fantastic. Obviously, I liked a lot of stuff in Aquaman. There's some parts of Green Lantern that are great. Uh, mm-hmm. I have to go with uh, Smell Killer, though. Sorrentino. Uh, there's no question for me. Even with, all the, even with all the other good art, there was no question. I had to be that. Connor? No, I get that, because for me, it is down to Smile Killer or Suicide Squad. Um, those are the, the the two that are rising to the top. And, you know, there there is good art. Lolo Woods, you know, J- Jimmy Olsen, you know, for example, likes to take out, you know, some really solid art this week. Um, I think I'll I'll give it to, to Suicide Squad, I think, just for the pacing more than anything of, of it. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's it's close between those two. Yeah. All right, top five books of the week, Matt. So I'm gonna go number one, Suicide Squad. Number two, Plunge. Number three, I'm trying to remember the rest of them now. Um, so many. Yeah. Number three, I'll give Aquaman. Number four, Justice League Dark, and that leaves five. Hmm. Five, I'll do. What do you give Jimmy? Can you give me eight? Yeah, we'll say it. Uh, Jimmy, Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, number five. All right, Connor. Uh, so one is Suicide Squad, two Smile Killer, three Justice League Dark, four Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, and five Aquaman. I'm gonna go with number one Smile Killer, number two Suicide Squad. Number three, Plunge. Number four, Aquaman. Number five, Green Lantern. Another thing about it, I remember I gave Green Lantern. So I'm going to move Green Lantern to five. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So when you, when you type that in, let me that one because I remember I gave that one a high score too. Sure. So, yeah. <laughs> there you go. That was, that was potential. It was that or Aquaman for me at the five spot. Yeah. Okay. That's true. Uh, Obviously, there's stories in Green Lantern that I'd rank higher than a couple of the ones that I put above the overall book, but yeah. obviously, you have yeah. to average it out. Yeah. Uh, so, there you go. That is uh, our picks for the week. Now, normally here, I would tell you what's coming next week. I'll, I'll do it from memory. Supergirl 42 is out digitally. Uh, well, <laughs> do you not want to tell them what's out for the next episode still? Uh, actually, I could do that. Yeah, why not? Let's, let's do that. Let's do that. So the, there's no other. I'll, yeah, I'll just reiterate as I'm getting that up. That, uh, there'll be no episode next week. We're taking one week off because there's no books. Uh, Supergirl 42 is out digitally. Me and Matt will still talk about that. We'll just do it in the next, you know, the next yeah, episode. The, these are the books releasing on the 7th of July now. Yeah, so we're going to tell you what's coming. Um, you know, not this Tuesday. It's almost the, like they're making up for it. Following Tuesday. <laughs> oh, they're not many. Oh, God. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Uh... Good. All right, read them out, Pete. Yes, I'm on the page. I'm on the page. Okay. Right. So coming that week, we have Batman 94. That's actually kind of weird that we're going from Batman this episode and then we're going to have one next episode, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's still two weeks, but whatever. Uh, Detective Comics 1023, The Flash 757, Wonder Woman 758, which I believe is the first issue. No? Uh, No. It's still saying Orlando for me. Oh, 759 must be the first one then. I knew it was... Okay. Well, this is the last one that we're not reading. Right, uh, Tamaki's in after that. Uh, Justice League 48 is out. Superman 23. Harley Quinn 74. Justice League Odyssey 22. That's still going, man. Uh, Batman's Grave, issue 8. Lois Lane 12. Green Lantern season 2, issue 5. Maybe Connor will catch up. Uh, Hawkman 25. Batman the Outsiders, number 14. 
deceased dead planet number one uh and that's it so uh that did, also it's, it's, young it's justice also... Yeah, oh, it's so, sorry, it's in the Wonder Comics section. I, yeah. I don't have it on my list. And also, also just I know you didn't mention it because it's Young Animal, yeah. but uh, Doom Patrol: Weight of the Worlds issue seven is finally coming. Oh, out. really? Finally. Interesting. Finally, yeah. Well, that's when I said, "Uh oh," because I had clicked Young Animal because it's uh, out there, and it went, "Oh no, is there a Far Sector coming I out?" Far uh, Sector as well. Yeah. So it's not as bad as I thought, but it's still a lot. Yeah, it's uh, not as bad. Uh, there's still about ten books I think we're covering. Um, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a whole batch of stuff that I mentioned there though that we don't cover, so it's not as bad as it. Yeah, yeah there's no. ten books that we're going to cover, plus mm. Supergirl, so eleven. Uh, three, four. Oh, I just jump just as like. Save time. Five. I get that. Six, I get that. Eight. Pete doesn't trust my counting apparently. No, I don't. Uh. That's about ten, yeah. Yeah, that's the size barrier stuff. Uh, for Justice yes. League. I'll give it a shot. I'm not gonna just ignore have it. Have fun. I have way too much else. I'll, to I'll, 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 I'll at least give it an issue and see if it's worth reading the, the arc. Uh, which obviously takes us up to t- uh, Williamson's tie-in arc to uh, yeah. Metal. And this is no, that's not true. This is a three-part arc, and then we've got no? the two-part no. Jeff Loveness. Oh sure, yeah. okay, right, fine. That takes us- all right, sure, yeah. great. <laughs> uh, all right, there you go. That is uh, that is uh, what's coming. So not next week. We'll do no episode next week because there's no books out. Uh, mm-hmm. But then the following week, uh, Supergirl will get thrown into the list, and we'll do, that's the books we'll be looking at. So uh, yeah, so I should tell you here about a couple of things. Tell you about Patreon. Tell you about our Patreon producers. We'll thank them first of all. So thank you to Alison M. Fordyce, Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Bored Now, and Zammer Jammer. They are all patrons at $20 or above, uh, and that's why they're credited as producers. But you can, of course, support us for as little as $1 per month, and for that $1, you get a bunch of bonuses for various Million Plus TV content. $5 tier is probably the most relevant note for uh, comics book people, comics book, comic book people, because uh, you get early access to all the comics of the multiverse episodes, and previously the multiverse, uh, by one day plus when others have vote for previously that's also at the five dollar tier so uh have a look and see if you're interested in keeping all the content coming you can also support us for free by doing something as simple as liking on youtube uh commenting letting us know what you think uh liking is really important it lets the algorithm know that you think we're worth recommending out so more people will find us uh so it's a really good way to help uh you can of course get us on twitter at dc comics podcast uh for updates and mm-hmm. shenanigans and all the rest of it and of course uh you know go and check out the comments from the multiverse youtube channel where uh, you get the individual cut-up versions of the episodes as well as previously. And going forward, it's actually going to be the exclusive home of previously for YouTube. The audio is still the same, but the uh, the video versions will just be on the, that channel. Uh, it's still catching up right now, but uh, it's getting closer and closer. Uh, so go and have a look and uh, have a look at that. So uh, otherwise, though, that is, that is us. That is everything I think I need to tell you about. Uh, so thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep reading DC Comics and remember to never get lost in the speed force. And just try to be a good person. It's not hard.